0: This is episode, we we're 40 something minutes into recording episode, uh, what's it? Four, two, three, four, five. Episode five, uh, reality issues. I'm Brian. This is Kathy. Hi. Hello,
1: everyone. How's everyone doing this evening? How's
0: everyone doing? I am, well, I'll tell you how I'm doing, Kathy. Um, tell me. Tell uh, I'll me, Brian, tell you.
1: What's going on?
0: Kathy, you wouldn't know this, but I was just recording an episode of, uh, reality issues with Kathy, and, um, we were having this wonderful discussion about all kinds of amazing things and I think I was actually even starting to sweat. My palms were sweating because I was talking no, about we were a, getting
1: really into it. We, we were, were getting, getting really beer, into beer. it. We talked
0: about onions, we talked about garlic, we talked about uh, yachting, which you don't even know what that is now. We talked about so many things. In fact, we talked about <laughs> Anna Nicole Smith. I said um and ah a lot and this time I can guarantee you as of 50 seconds in this recording, I can guarantee you that this recording will be even better. And yes, it may be a little shorter than the original recording but think about this. What will you have lost if you didn't know, you lost it. hmm There you go.
1: If a podcast doesn't get recorded, does it make a sound?
0: If we were sitting in front of microphones for 40-something minutes, talking to each other, thinking about what we were thinking about and having a great time, does it matter if you were listening? No. There you go. No,
1: see, this is what happened. It's like, um, we've been <laughs> sitting here at the bar or whatever, or... Coffee shop, just like waiting for all of you to arrive, and you guys were late.
0: That's yeah, you it. were late. That's all that happened. Yeah, we had an amazing conversation about. Um, let's see, what else did we cover? We covered. Uh, we, I, I pointed to the Are cover. Oh, talking of about
1: <laughs> Real Housewives—that may be the biggest loss. Yeah,
0: I pointed to the cover of um, uh, People magazine, as if you, the audience, could hear it. I guess.
1: <laughs> I gave a funny story about using the phrase "Tinseltown" as a as a young child and yeah. being disbelieved. As, as 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 if i couldn't have invented the usage of that phrase oh, on yeah.
0: my own yeah i i remember here let me t- let me tell you a good story about when i was a kid in elementary school i had to um i had to i was in uh, first grade and we were learning spanish and uh the teacher said uh um what did she put up on the board she wrote the vowels she wrote the vowels out in spanish Los vecoles i can't i don't know i by the way i took french in high school um She wrote it out, and I literally said, that word there says Las Vegas, is what I said. I was six years old. I thought translating a word just meant you read it with a different accent. That's what I'm trying to communicate. So, that's the world I grew up in, Um, and that's reality. Now, let me talk to you for a little bit about Kathy. Let me, ask you, let me ask you a quick question about um, the, yeah, real, yeah, yeah. the Real Housewives of Santa Fe. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So yeah. We, we spent so a little bit. This is where
1: we were going. This is where, we, yeah. this is where we, we were turning the page into this next chapter of our conversation when we realized that all of our listeners had, had, were late. Yes. We were running late.
0: Yeah. You just have to pretend you could hear all those wonderful things we were saying about you, the listener, complimenting our audience and telling you how beautiful you were and mm-hmm. how smart you are
1: couldn't do this without
0: you. Thank you, listener. By the way, I will, I will say there's one, uh, one bit of our episode that was left out that I'm going to put a little bit earlier in the episode right now. I'm going to say hello to everyone at the E! Network. We talked a lot about the soup. In fact, we talked bad things about the soup just because we said maybe it hurt your brand overall. Because I said that maybe that my opinions about your other reality shows were affected in the past by the soup making fun of them, even though I now love all your reality shows, E! Network. So, I'm going to put it at the beginning of the show. E! Network, please... Listen to this program. If you enjoy it, no, regardless. If you enjoyed or not, if you didn't enjoy it, that means it was funny. If you enjoyed it, that means that we're smart. And if both those things, then we're really great, and that means you should hire us. And so, Eat Network, I'm just saying from Kathy and I that if you were to hire us, we are completely employable, full time yeah, employees. We.
1: I will underbid Joel McHale by one dollar.
0: Yeah, I will. I will underbid Kathy. You're paying
1: Joel McHale. I we will we will accept for the both of us at minus one dollar how about this we'll save
0: (laughs) i will exchange whatever you offer me i will give to kathy and therefore you don't even have to worry about any kind of like weird gender pay gap thing and that will also fix the problem then i'll make a story about it and that'll be my first story and you can be like wow this guy's progressive this guy really knows what he's doing he's going to his job writing articles about his own job uh e-network i wouldn't actually do that That that's the joke um but I would take a job if you were to give it to either of us. Totally,
1: yeah, Yeah, totally. I, I might even take Thank an you. internship.
0: Yeah, I would too. And I would also say this, e-network. Um, uh, we have strategized and planned out uh, several reality television programs, one of which we may describe to you in just a moment. If you have any designs on any of that, you will need us. We are very connected in the Santa Fe community. And if you were to ever create something like this, we would know about it. We would find out. And uh, we've talked about it in public, and we'll sue you. Mm-hmm. No, that we won't actually do that. But please make us part of the production, please. Thank you.
1: I mean, I just want to. I just want to start by pointing out that Santa Fe is really hot right now.
0: It is. We are film you know, industry is booming. Like, yeah,
1: you know. Yeah, I, I mean, and and you know, there there are a couple of also notable things about Santa Fe and its film history. For example, one of Edison, you know, Thomas Edison's first movie camera recordings was here in New Mexico. It's like a big deal.
0: Actually. Um, wow. I didn't I, know about that. I,
1: I, oh, I mean, I don't think it's like the greatest of, you know, I mean, it, it, uh, he filmed, I think it was called Acoma Pueblo. Hmm.
0: The world's first film director kind of just by default by inventing the film camera.
1: Yeah. Hold on. Let me see. I'll find it. Um, because I have, I know I have it tagged and I, I might even have it in that, uh, Oh no, it's Isleto Puebla. Um, I'm gonna find it and I'm gonna drop it in the chat. you can edit this out.
0: Tinseltown <laughs> speaking of Tinseltown, I believe that does actually come from the era of the like Edison uh, uh, show houses and all that stuff. Like I think that really does come it from just
1: so it, it was so it was like the silver screen mm-hmm. right like mm-hmm. like everything was about that. Yeah. So one of one of like the first Edison cameras was used here in um, uh, New Mexico, 1898. Damn. Um, yeah. Right. Like bonkers. And so um, what a fun fact. Uh, so I had this I had this book that I gifted to one of my very close friends. Um, it was a book created by the New Mexico Film Office in 1998 that was celebrating a hundred years of film in New Mexico. And it was basically like a chronological order of everything from this particular video up until that time. And it was like, here's the thing on like the wild bunch. And then like, it ended with like wild hogs or whatever. I didn't because wild hogs was like in the two thousands or whatever. I'm just being silly, but like, but it was like a 100 year retrospective book and I gave it to my friend. Like I read it, I literally read it cover to cover. And then I like sent it to him. I was like, happy birthday. This is yours. Um, But anyway, like, um, I am really fascinated with all things New Mexico. I uh, absolutely love it. Um, I'm a complete nerd about it. But this particular fact is one of my favorite facts because it is like a documentary, right? Like, it is just trying to film what the camera is seeing. And again, when when you look at it, though, it looks completely staged, right? It looks staged in the way all all film is staged right like say cheese you know yeah, like that kind of shit right like like it's not a candid right it's not yeah. really, and, and like how many of us like pretend to take candidates cuz like you can't take a candid cuz everyone is aware that the fucking cameras on them like yeah actually it that's it really so fascinating hard. that that's it a is,
0: concept i've never thought about
1: no, so I, I was uh, I was with my uh, I was I was I was with my partner because mm-hmm. I, I guess that's the word I'll use right now. That's the word I used to use. Um, yeah, I don't like the word. I hate I all the words. I
0: know it feels like borrowing someone else's word when you say that. I know. Yeah, I'm, I know.
1: And be like boyfriend makes me sound like it a sounds 12. like you're twelve. Like, like, like we're gonna like you know go pick daisies in the field. Yeah,
0: yeah I don't even I don't know, know, know what to say. I was recently talking to my person about that too, and we don't even really know what to say. So. Um, it's complicated in terms of finding a word to call your loved ones these days yeah because it seems like no. everyone's, everyone's words are owned by someone else's and so you don't want to step on anyone else's turf you know no. that's all anyway,
1: anyway so I was, I was trying to take candid photos of my loved one and at my lover I'm going to say my lover because that sounds even funnier mm-hmm. <laughs> I like that
0: that fits the scintillating sounds- atmosphere we have
1: yeah, right. Yeah, no, it's, uh, but I, I mean it in a very romantic, you know, kind of like, you know, like, yeah. uh, like I'm wearing his locket shit. Right? I love that. So, uh, I love that. Yeah, no, the, a, a legitimate thing, by the way, I actually went and did in his presence. Oh, you capitalized uh, against, on the locket. Oh, no, totally. Like, oh, no, good, like, good, I good. like I feel like I've everything I've learned about romance I learned through poetry like like it's none of it's real right it's like all a fairy tale anyway we'll get to that yeah please the whole point of this story is that i was trying to take a candid photo of my lover and i was like but i couldn't because it's like there i was with my stupid phone right like (laughs) i'm trying to sneak a picture (laughs) of you but like you can't right yeah it's too obvious someone's like you can tell when someone's just like fucking around on their phone
0: yeah, you can't even, like, look. Text. Yeah, you, you can tell if someone's, like, trying to make the line to your face with their back of their phone, yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, so you can but just, like, with a camera, right? Yeah. Like, the moment a camera shows up in any space, whether, like, whether it's a digital camera, like, or, like, a vintage camera, which are now the disposable ones. Yeah, right. right.
0: <laughs> I like that. <laughs> I, know. I know. Like, I remember using those my whole life growing up. That's not vintage. <laughs> it's my own yeah, lifespan. Right? Yeah,
1: I know. So all that is a way of saying, right, the moment that the camera shows up, no matter where it is, how it's manifested, whether it's the wedding photographer or like the, the news camera or like someone's phone, like you're immediately aware of it. And you're you, everyone tenses. Yeah. Even if they're like thinking, even if you think like, OK, I'm gonna let them get it as a candid, you immediately go. <laughs>
0: Yeah, you know, like yeah. you
1: like preen or something, you know, do a little face or pucker your lips and do the peace sign, whatever. Like it doesn't
0: matter, right? Like it or doesn't this, really matter Yeah, do, doing this thing with the fingers now the kids do with the this yeah, thing. Right. I don't, yeah. I don't even know. I, I haven't. Know. I, don't know I don't know when that's appropriate or what it's for. Is it like ironic? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I, just, so I just
1: give the thumbs up. Yeah. I like to give the thumbs up a lot. It's my favorite because it feels very wholesome. I do. Life. I do
0: the. Uh, I do the the blank stare of of obviously I'm doing a blank stare as a joke kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: That's
0: my favorite. Um,
1: anyway, it's anyway all that is a way yes. of saying right. Like yes. again, it is impossible for the camera to not impact that person. And their behavior, their yeah. reaction to it is immediate. Like, yeah. And, and like, and so too with this, the oldest film made in New Mexico, right? Like that. It's and this is like, and no one's ever seen a fucking camera, and yet everyone is acting like, like it, the whole deal is okay. Everyone come bouncing out of the school, and like we're just gonna document what it's like to being a, to be a small Indian child at the Isleta Pueblo. Wow. And there's actually like nothing I mean and if you look at if you look at the film there's actually literally nothing unique about it. Like you can't see like they're all wearing like just gingham smocks. They're not like in quote-unquote traditional Indian dress. The building itself isn't particularly quote-unquote adobe like. It looks like just a building. Interesting. And and yet the entire fucking scene is staged. Which is again, like I feel like every time that I see this film, I am always. What does that mean?
0: What does that mean? What does that mean? That like the. What does it mean? Yeah. What does it mean that the very first thing that was filmed that looked like a natural thing was actually staged? Like, why would you even need like? Well, to because your camera. Okay, I see. You would stage it because your camera is uh, experimental. And uh, you need perfect Well, isn't
1: isn't that also how you and I actually started, right? So you and I are recording this on Zoom. Yes. And even though you and I can see each other, like our our listeners can't. Yes. And yet I said this to you about how I'm like, I've just moved into my new spot, my camera's set up, and like I still am not used to what you can see behind me. Yeah because i'm staging it right because the camera is right fucking here so yeah. like i have to stage it it's why people have like cute zoom rooms yeah i have all kinds of cute shit too right i have all the fake backgrounds hold on let me
0: you see, let me, show see. You, let me see i'm gonna
1: show you some of my favorite hold on i accidentally stopped video yeah because you that.
0: use i only use zoom for this i know you you must use zoom in your daily activities at some point
1: oh all the time yeah Oh, do I have to add one every time? Yeah, okay. So here's one that I used recently. I was, um Can I add it? Did I add it? Oh,
0: there it is. Wow. So Kathy is in the cyberscape, from what I can tell. <laughs> she has entered this also this is quite impressive, honestly. I can't believe it like no masks out the background completely you had like a very colorful for for viewers who obviously couldn't see what i was seeing uh kathy had a very like colorful couch some furniture and things in the background and it's all disappeared mind-blowing this is what happens yeah, no. to someone who's never used zoom before me I've, no it's, and it's i have
1: my i mean and and i have like so like wow. my laptop is, which is where i usually do all my zoom calls because i really only use it for work right yeah like has like my organizational logo behind me and like like a variety of very ordinary santa fe nature scapes right like i'm mm-hmm. in the mountains or whatever right yeah. it's cute this is my personal one this is my i'm currently you and i are talking on my personal desktop computer oh um, i've I've
0: been granted access thank you kathy's no, desktop no i mean
1: it's yeah, no, it's like, a, I mean, this is this is usually my posting station, right? Uh-huh. This is like where I Twitter and then this is where I like watch movies, right? Like, uh-huh. it's not where I work. It's not where I work. right. It's not like, email. I mean, right now my email is up. I mean, a lot of things changed in the pandemic is I guess what I'm gonna say, right? Mm-hmm. But Like, I didn't have like smart ass, fucking backgrounds. At all ever, anyway, and so now now like i'm a, I'm a moron, and so I'm like, well, now I'm like taking like work calls and stuff at like on my desktop, which wasn't a thing I used to do yeah and and then also like I would only have like wholesome work related backgrounds. and so yeah, right now I am in let me see where I'm at um, the cybers value. yeah, this is a uh, an un, this is a, an untitled sculpture by a modern artist named Helen Pashgian. That's all I know. And see, I just I just saw it, probably was reading an article about like the fucking Art Basel or something, <laughs> yeah. right? And then was like, well, this shit looks really cool. I really like her. Anyway, so I like downloaded it. And so the other day I was on a meeting with a bunch of data idiots. And we were, like, talking about, like, charts and graphs. And I was like, hey, everyone, I'm, like, living inside a bar graph. And, like, no one laughed. <laughs> no one laughed. And, I, like, currently I feel like I'm in a bar graph, right? Like, I'm just going to be like, this is, like, where we measure whatever.
0: kind of looks anyway. like hot glue sticks. Um, it looks like two hot glue sticks with a little spotlight on top times ten repeated in a row behind her inside a studio set is kind of That's what I'm looking at. I did my best. I changed my lighting to pink. That's the best I could do.
1: Yeah, yeah. Hold on. No, I have a lot of really good ones. Here's another one. Hold on. That was really stupid
0: yes Here we go right in the head is the perfect spot too like right
1: this is the speed photographer shooting yeah. like an apple with a bullet that's the classic so that's when a photograph sitting inside of it like it feels like you're steve martin with the fake arrow yes that is perfect head, you know?
0: i like I perfect alignment too i like that um yeah no it's for those at home we're looking at the very famous photograph uh, "Bullet Through an Apple" by um, that guy who <laughs> hold invented speed photography.
1: It. Hold on. <laughs> can I? Can I even do it in the middle of a Zoom call? Of course I can. Oh wait, hold on, I'm hitting the wrong button.
0: If you're wondering why this episode is a little different than normal episodes, it's because we uh, once again had about 40 minutes of excellent episode where we discussed all manner of things, and then. Um, and uh it was just for us basically so
1: yeah, it was just for us anyway so yeah no so i'm I'm, kind of done fucking around with the zoom grounds anyway it's uh what matters here can I, can I put you in the photo you may Can I? okay i'm gonna I'm gonna crop out our
0: names though
1: just 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 because i feel like that's just good information security yes and that doesn't really, i again i don't think it really matters but i'm gonna do this
0: one day people will know both of her names. Or, well, how about this? Let me I ask mean, you this. Li- let I me mean, ask.
1: I think they kind of do. Let me ask yeah. what they do. I feel like... Uh,
0: enough, people- <laughs> so enough people know our names for sure. Um, uh, let me ask you this. In the world of reality, how do you... F- since we're, we're discussing this now. in the Let's say you were going to get a production credit. Would you want to use your full name or would you rather have the ability to like just pick a name?
1: Um, I feel like I will always want to pick a name. I feel like I, I, um, that is also how I feel like I have worked or operated with like all of my internet names. Um, yeah, like, I, I don't know. Like, I feel like, like they're aliases for different reasons and yes, um,
0: Stephen King does it. So why can't we? Yeah,
1: like pseudonyms. Yeah, mm-hmm. and and they're also like you know like personas. What was uh, Beyonce had one too? What was her name?
0: She was. That was like the, the before Lemonade, right? Um, yeah.
1: What
0: was it called? She, it was, she was called
1: like, like like. Oh, it was cool, so badass too. It was cool like two lady words. Lady yeah, badass. it was like. Yeah,
0: fuck. God, it's killing me that I don't know it in my head. Like, I can hear it. It's like so cool too well you can listen to us Wikipedia that
1: yeah right yeah no, oh my gosh I just realized here at Reality really Issues we are, we are we are the best very silly
0: <laughs> no I love this um, you, you, you continue <laughs> looking at that we're going to figure out what <laughs> yeah, Beyonce's sorry. original name was I'm going to talk to you a little bit the audience about um, the Real Housewives of Santa Fe no. Oh right!
1: Yes, please. This is where we really were before we got into yes. the silliness. This is what we're really here oh, to I talk
0: about. Okay, yes, okay, please, please go ahead. The, oh, you is you it Sasha? Is it Sasha Flair? No, close, that's a wrestler. So Sasha Fierce. Sasha Fierce. Yes. Oh, <laughs> I've redeemed myself in my own mind only. Um,
1: okay, I'm gonna be right back while you talk about Real Housewives.
0: Yes, please, please. Right after I blew up your research by saying it first. Um, so. Real Housewives of, uh, of Santa Fe is uh, a project that we have conceived in that it will follow the model of other housewife reality shows, but with the twist that our housewives are all of the housewives that you may wish to have in a reality program to make it different than the ones that currently exist. Now, having watched um, recently a few first few episodes of Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, Um, a a show that I will continue to watch at an increasingly growing clip along with the Kardashians, which I haven't uh, mentioned. I watched a lot of the Kardashians in the last week. Um, Real Housewives of Santa Fe would be a show that would feature um, people from the entire strata of Santa Fe. Why? Because I think in my mind, Santa Fe does cover Santa Fe is a community of many different groups of people living together, and now when you're talking about a Housewives show, you're talking about people from the upper class, and I believe that that definitely fits. However, in a Housewives of Santa Fe, my concept, I think that I kind of speak for both of us when I say that I think that Santa Fe, because it covers such a wide group of people, I think in our concept we would have – the different groups of people that interact. Now, in my time in Santa Fe, I saw a lot of different people from different social strata and levels of income, et cetera, interacting together, especially at parties, is where I would find most of these people interacting. Now, most of these parties were organized around people in media, um, people at Outdoor Magazine or stuff like that. Uh, Those people, the Meow Wolf folks, for example. Um, If we built this program without someone who worked at Meow Wolf's wife, like Vince's wife, no, Vince isn't involved anymore. But I don't know, one of those people up there. If we could get someone involved, that would be key. That would be crucial. That's an example of someone who I would want at our middle tier. But for our high tier, I'm would be i thinking of someone more on the range of like the women at the opera. Now, some of the women at the opera are just women at the opera, but those women at the opera are your royalty of Santa Fe. Now, I am familiar with a lot of these people. I won't really go into why because it's I will go into why eventually, but I won't go into why right now. But uh, I'm familiar with plenty of people at the Santa Fe Opera, and they are familiar with me on an enough level that I know if I talk to enough people there for a little bit that I could get access to um, folks. And at least shut them up. I used to be a member of the Business Council, so they at least know me. I'm on the books there. I'm a person. I'm a donor on record. Um, so my concept was my idea, my, the ladies that I would like to bring to the table would be the ladies that are um, that you would find in your housewives programs. They have private planes. They have husbands that are billionaires, if not, very close to it. They come from a big city and they spend but they spend all their time in Santa Fe, and that's crucial. because with that, by watching the first few episodes of Housewives, I know that you need people that have access to private planes. That's how you make the show work. That way, you don't have to pay for any of your travel. ha uh-huh. See, because rich people love to pay for your travel. Now, the rich people aren't going to be listening to this. We can say whatever we want because there's a 0% chance they're ever going to listen to this. But here's well,
1: and the, now that the Santa Fe airport is just getting bigger and
0: bigger and bigger. Yes, like I think, specifically like, it's, for it's private critical. planes. And because it yeah. re- re- realistically, actually, the people at the opera, the billionaires who go attend the opera, are, are the reason and the money behind why the local municipal airport is being expanded. Because every time the opera season comes, they fill the entire airport. Tarmac with all their private planes, which Kathy knows, I'm sure. But like, if you go and see that picture, if you ever seen the picture of Davos, the airport in uh, what's Switzerland or wherever, where they have that, um, uh, the private plane tarmac is completely filled with billionaire jets. The Santa Fe Opera, the Santa Fe Municipal Airport, looks exactly like that during the opening opera season, especially during gala season, that first week of opening of opera is when you'll have all your uh, billionaires in town. Now, I used to I used to cruise these streets. Let me tell you, let me give you a little bit of e-network.
1: I just want to point out Please, that I've changed Kathy. my virtual background to a Georgia O'Keeffe painting to further bring out the real housewives of Santa Fe feel here.
0: Yes, Georgia O'Keeffe was a, well, who is, who is her? Um... I
1: mean, talk about the original Santa Fe housewife.
0: She was just by herself, too. She was baller. <laughs>
1: Oh no! She—I mean, well, actually, excuse me. She had a slew of—she had a slew of crew.
0: That's right. Never mind.
1: I mean, one, but also, like, I mean, would I mean, look, I'm not trying to talk shit about her. I'm just trying to be honest here, right? Just like, Anna, we wouldn't know who Anna Nicole was if it wasn't for Hef. True. Her rich husband aside, Mm. right? Her her rich husband would have only made her wealthy. Her rich husband would not have made her famous. That's true. Okay. I, I want to make a very important distinction between those two things. And I now, need to
0: defer to Kathy on this one. I, I agree.
1: Personal. I mean, personal. I mean, th- this is, I mean, maybe this is controversial. I don't know. Maybe I'm going to be a lightning rod for the left feminist movement. I don't know. Maybe. But, um, all I know is that Georgia O'Keefe wouldn't be shit without her husband, Alfred Stiglitz.
0: Yeah. The, uh, and for the people listening, he's one of the original photographers kind of of all time. Um, well, oh, and many other things, but that was his main thing.
1: Um, I don't know his name. Yeah, I don't know how to say it. Whatever, yeah. you know, mm. thank you, thank you, that guy. But she wouldn't be shit without him, right? So, yes. like, the, this is this is the unfortunate part of being a woman in that time, right? Which is why I'm also always mad at like women who snipe at Kim Kardashian, and I'm like, well, what? What, how do you explain literally any other woman who's had to like try to make it in this? Yeah, like,
0: Kim Kardashian.
1: And it's a man's world, right? Kim Ka- so, yeah, like, Kim
0: Kardashian wouldn't be who she was unless her father was who he was, and he was never even on the program, which is the most in- interesting thing about the entire thing, you know. And and people don't even know. Most people probably don't even know. Even and let's say they maybe they watched the HBO documentary thing. Or the uh, excuse me, the um, uh, people versus O.J. Simpson. They're not going
1: to remember him. They're not going
0: to remember him. They're not going to remember who David Schwimmer was. He's just some guy, and Mm -hmm. and and he was the reason why today Kim Kardashian and Kanye West are who they are, even though he was never even alive. And those are the kinds of things you'll learn here on this program. Um, But speaking of, if we're talking about the Real Housewives, I
1: do believe that Beyonce would still be who she is without Jay Z. I will say that.
0: <laughs> yes.
1: She didn't. She she didn't need him. Uh, and no, you know, maybe she, maybe she still doesn't. I don't know. She had a career. I, she had a
0: career before him, and still has a career regardless of anything he does. So yeah, you're absolutely yeah. correct.
1: I mean, and I actually will say that same thing about Kim Kardashian and Kanye. She doesn't need him. No. He needs her more than she needs him. And, yes. And, you know, I think that's obvious. I think his yes. his desperation, unfortunately, Analyzing,
0: yes. An- analyzing for me, analyzing... Uh everything I watching that documentary in the last watching that documentary twice in the last few weeks, honestly, the Kanye three-part documentary, which I highly recommend everyone to everyone go watch. Once again, I say watch it for the man who created the documentary. Don't watch it necessarily for Kanye, unless you're a Kanye fan or whatever. But really, it's about the man who made the documentary. It's about his trial of following Kanye around for 20 fucking years and being like mentally tortured by him. Like that's what the documentary is about. And when you watch it, you'll understand Kanye. Uh, the person who other people interact with way more, and that will help you to unlock, in my mind, everything else you see about Kanye when he's pretending, like when he's on Kardashians or when he's on his you know, streams or whatever his wild stuff that he's doing these days. Um, you'll, you'll, see, you'll see real Kanye for about 15 seconds in the documentary, and that's all you need to see to know that everything that he says from every platform and every way that he says it is constructed. And he is, he is mentally ill, yes. Yes. So are we all. So aren't, aren't most of us. I am. But he is, uh, performatively mentally ill on top of all of that. And I don't think that most people recognize that, um, there's a place for that. I mean, Jim Carrey has been doing it his entire career and many others, um, I mean, Andy Kaufman literally made a I was about career say, about it. I
1: right? was
0: uh, But there's people who are immensely ill, and there are people who are aware of it, and there are people who are aware of how they can uh, play that line, pretend and play and, and use that to their advantage, and, and Kanye is one of them. And Kanye is also, for example, a person who believes that everyone else in the world operates the same way as he does, which is why he... He can't perceive other people in the world interacting other than the ways that he does. Now, he's not actively thinking about that, but that he can only perceive that.
1: At the risk Sorry. of being overly psychoanalyzed, yes. I feel like he is the epitome of projection. Yes. Like, there are some people who, like, whenever they accuse you of something, yes. I'm like, oh, you're really, like, absolutely just revealing something about yourself. Like, yes. This has nothing to do with
0: me. I think he turned himself into a projector. I think he turned himself into that on purpose. Like, I think that he turned himself into a conduit for the public to view the world through his eyes and to get a little taste of what he has. Um, But I think he did it in a way that ultimately didn't serve him in the long run. Um, Because he, instead of being honest with his community, put on this false identity uh, the, the, the Yeezy identity. He was... Con- Kanye was Kanye until Yeezy. Pretty much the 2016 album, I think, is when he can finally... He, like, put the finishing touches on his constructive persona. Um, but I think there's a lot of room for debate for that. Uh, t- you have to look at a lot of uh, tape. Go back and look at some tape of Kanye before he was famous, When he after he made his first album, and then look at, like, stuff after Life of Pablo. Those are, like, three different people. He's three entirely different people. Now, which one of them is the real Kanye, which one of them is the act, and which one of them is, I don't know, some mental illness? Up for debate. But he is, I don't know, he is a lightning rod, much like Kathy just said, for uh, anything and everything, much like Kim. But with Kim, you have hope, because she's a mom, and, and she's got a lot of other things in her life. And with Kanye, the trajectory he's taken to get where he is... Is everything, and uh, so
1: I feel. I mean, yeah. I feel like with like 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 with Kim, like I, I don't know if, if if maybe this is like a me thing,
0: mm-hmm.
1: but like I'm rooting for her.
0: Yes, me too. I want her. To, I want everything in the world for her. I want her to succeed in every imaginable way she ever wants to dream of because I see what she goes through. I don't know.
1: And it's not like like I don't want Kanye to fail. I want no. him to be okay. Like I want everyone to be okay.
0: As an, as a musical artist, absolutely. he's a great inspiration to me. Yes.
1: I mean, but, but I do feel like he is like the epitome of like, oh, this is the train wreck. None of us he knows can, that, like though. turn away from. He does know. Yeah, that. Yeah, he know, He knows that. Yeah, and and like that's where it starts to become like, oh, this is like pathetic. I shouldn't see this. Yes,
0: which is what I found out in the documentary. Watching that documentary at the end, I was very sad for him. I felt like he had put himself in a prison that he'll never be able to find his way out of, mm-hmm. unless he quits act, uh, working completely. The only way that he can leave what he's done is he has to quit his shoes, he has to quit everything. Uh, but he, he won't. He, it's part of him now. He describes as much in the documentary. Um, when you see him in the scenes discussing the easy shoes and the clothes and stuff like that, he is that Kanye that you see. That 15 seconds of Kanye, the only time you see that is when he's interacting with his people at the design label and he's talking to them about business decisions and about very finite choices about marketing and stuff. That's it. And But through that, you can see that that's the real him, and he hasn't been the real him in the entire, you know, other three hours of this documentary. Um, and that was, that made, that's why they put it at the end, to let you see, like, oh, he's faking it the whole time. Even with his mom at the beginning. There's a whole scene at the beginning where he's, like, sitting around with his mom when she was still around, and he was, uh, you know, this is, like, right before, they're filming all this before his, like, first music video comes out, uh, before he's famous. And uh, he sits there with his mom, and he does a little rap, that clearly uh, was supposed to be from his childhood. It's way too polished to be from his childhood. And his mom raps along with him. And they both have the intonation and the flow and everything down like they both rapped this 500 times. And yet, it was supposed to be something that he had like just created. And to me, that shows... And he also tells a story about um, Jay-Z specifically. He tells this one story that's a carbon copy story that he tells in another circumstance like two years earlier. Uh, or th- and a year later, they actually showed the story three times, if I remember correctly. He tells this carbon copy story that's supposed to be an off-the-cuff story about, like, the first time his mom met Jay-Z. And it's clearly, like, pre-packaged. And he has, at some point, probably worked with his mom and, like, going back and forth and being like, what's the best version of the story I can tell? Because she knows all of it, too. And even though it's kind of supposed to be the first time he's telling in front of camera. But that, to me, brings up the reality issues, again, of does he even know like what he's doing like does he know like where is the real person anymore like is that what drove him crazy was he's pretending to be someone else for so long
1: okay so like so like you just said that right yeah and like now i'm not trying to give kanye the benefit of the doubt yeah like like instinctively somehow i don't like him and don't trust him
0: yes okay
1: i'll say it like that fair um that said like one of the things that I was thinking about is these like um so one of the films that my brother and I really enjoyed was Big Fish with Albert Finney Mm -hmm. and because it's about this dad who always tells these tall tales which was a bit of a tongue twister there for a little second um but I feel like that's like so, so there was this joke that my brother and I used to say, which was like this was part of like our family mythology. Which mm-hmm. is like, our dad would tell us a story about what it was like to grow up in Mexico City, and he would always tell it right. And it's like it's like the Mexican version of I had to like walk uphill. To school in the snow both ways. Right. right? It was like it's like the Mexican version of that. Right? right. Which is like way worse. But like, <laughs> you know, it's basically the same thing, right? Okay. It's like it's it's the same vibe.
0: It was way right? harder it's when like I this, was a kid. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's whole vibe is supposed to try to guilt you, the next generation, into like, yeah, oh my God, you had it so terrible. And it's like, yeah, you probably did. Like I'm not like <laughs> True enough, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but like the whole point was to make it better. So why are you mad? Right? So like
0: <laughs> <laughs> Exactly
1: you got what you wanted what are you what are you complaining about like so anyway that's That's funny i never i never heard it
0: analyzed like that thank you
1: i mean this i mean me and my therapist talk about this all the time anyways (laughs) yes again different story um and uh anyway like but in in this like context of like like what it means to like suffer or exist. And I totally forgot where I was going with this. Cause I got like all like self-conscious about being my therapist. Yeah. Um, uh, where was I? you were going to
0: tell me about, uh, kind of like your dad, uh, was, your dad told some tall tales. Is that what you were getting to? Oh, the or? tall
1: tales. Yes. No. So like, I don't want to like just tell Kanye or, or say that like, Oh, Kanye has his story rehearsed. Like, of course he does because any person who tells these stories Does. about like their mythology has them rehearsed you're right you're right right like i mean and like that's right. what i'm like trying no, to kind of like you're completely correct about like no yeah like you're right it, he's he doesn't sound that different from my dad now they might both be narcissists and again this is a conversation for my therapist right but like um i still don't think that like that's a unique Trait or behavior there are There are stories in my own personal History that like loom large That are very important Mm. Um, uh, The story of my First communion for example is one that I think I've told like a million times It's like um, I'd say it's I I mean I want to believe that it's pretty Consistent and accurate I'd be interested In hearing Myself tell it over the Years Uh, what have I and have I not Embellished right like Because I I don't think it's also about embellishment necessarily, right? It's about like, well, what stuck out to you in that moment? Like, what was it that like, what was it about that? Because we tend to mythologize this, right? Mm. Isn't this the whole thing about like, i feel like i'm in a movie right now yes. i feel like i'm in a dream yes so like certain parts certain aspects like i remember the way the moonlight hit your face or whatever you know yeah. it's gonna be some stupid shit like that yeah. right the the song that was on the radio or um the food we were eating um those are going to be the things that we like latch on to and so like you, it might have been a mediocre burger but in 20 years it's going to it's going to have been the like greatest burger we ever ate because we've mythologized that moment, that thing that occurred. I mean, and
0: that's how old restaurants stay open. I think now that you mention it, old restaurants on their last legs, you know, you're kind of like, let's say your bar rescue of restaurants, (laughs) your kitchen nightmares of restaurants, like the, the one, yeah, that's what keeps those places open is the mythologization of people who used to go there and were like, wow, it used to be great. Hmm. Wow. I guess what I'm thinking about, ultimately, is stories. We always want to tell a better story, always, from our own lives or from any – this this light did just change. Okay. Um, Yes, we always want to tell better stories, and I wonder what that is about us. Like, I've been thinking about this very very frequently, about what the human nature of storytelling is, in that is there some part of our brain – there must be – that, I'm assuming, that is in control of stories and storytelling – and what the hell is going on with that part of our brain? Um, why do we feel the need to tell a story better? or Why do we feel the need to enhance a story? Do we feel like if we told the story exactly as we remembered it, like people wouldn't believe us? What is it that is our need to embellish a story? <laughs>
1: That's what's so funny right which is like we need if to have you a therapist on that the you went to the lake and you caught like a one foot fish I'd be like yeah of course you did like right. like that's entirely believable actually
0: glory so we seek glory we seek uh the praise of others for our deeds and tasks
1: because it's the moment where you're like no it was like this big yeah. right that's when everyone's like wait, what did you do? You did something no one else has done.
0: Yeah, so as humans, right? we must Which be... Which is
1: actually kind of, like, fucked up now yeah. that I think about, like, what the reality TV show is doing, right? Which is, like, saying, like, no, I'm just going gonna, gonna to show you the ordinary thing.
0: So that's what it is. So we're addicted to showing off the fish. Reality TV is us addict, being addicted to showing off and seeing the fish. We want to see the fish. We want to show our fish off, and we want to see other people's fish.
1: Okay, so now I'm going to, like... Okay, so now I'm going to give us, like, the two opposite ends of the spectrum. Okay. On one end, you have, like, deadliest catch.
0: Right. Risk. And on
1: the other end, you have, like, fishing with John Lurie.
0: Right, which is, like, humor. Well, calming, I would say. Or, well... Uh, not- because
1: literally you may never catch a fish with John Leary you, Like that's not why you're there right Like you're there because it's like literally just the joy of enjoying going fishing Yeah uh, And and you may not catch a fucking thing Oh nope didn't catch anything we were out there for four hours right Like and oh oh and here's where it goes This is how we circle back Uh huh this was the whole point of how we realized that we weren't recording, which was that I was about to tell you about this thing that I saw on the road.
0: <laughs> Holy shit. Yep. hmm <laughs> This is the best episode of the podcast ever, oh by the way. Do you know God, why? No, You're getting so to know your hosts. Ready? You're getting to know your hosts. Here we go. Yes. Please, please, Kathy. Wait. Okay, Sorry. so
1: uh, you asked me mm-hmm. what we didn't record. Well, unfortunately we couldn't record. You had asked me, what have you been watching this weekend? Mm-hmm. And I said, well... I haven't really been watching anything. It was the Lord's highest holiday. Um, You know, Christ is risen, et cetera. Mm -hmm. Um, It is. And uh, so I I drove down to uh, southern New Mexico. I I drove down to Roswell over the weekend. Okay. And um, for people who don't know New Mexico, (laughs) from Santa Fe down to Roswell, you take not the I-25, not the highway. You don't take the interstate. You take the 285, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: and the 285 is like incredible. Like the most amazing thing that you see on the 285 is Klein's corners.
0: And you'll see the (laughs) the 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 signs for a long time.
1: Twenty-five and forty. Yeah.
0: (laughs) That's my favorite part about this whole situation. I'm glad that you're going into this because I I did want to say, like, can you mention this? But. Yeah, uh, it's it's a place of note. I just want to say, on your way to it from any direction, you're going to see these signs that are going to make you think that this is, like, a big deal. And it is a notable landmark, but it's just a place. And by the time you get there, you're going to think it's, it's like, a, it's a theme a park or something. It's just a
1: flying J. Yeah. yeah it's, just, <laughs> it's not anything remarkable. Um, <laughs> real. I mean, again, no... No, no shade. Yeah, but no shade at all. But it's just a place. But you have no idea how grateful I am to see it every time I do see it. (laughs) I'm like, fuck (laughs) yes. Do you know how many T-shirts I have from Clyde's Corner?
0: I need, I need, uh, I need to, I need a list. I need to, I need to expand my collection
1: okay next time i will wear my client's corners t-shirt i have i mean it doesn't say client's corners it's just like a generic new mexico t-shirt <laughs> but like what the fuck else was i uh, like i i want anyway okay i so.
0: please if we ever okay, um yeah. in the in the first care package i send with materials and books your way um uh, i'll expect one in return
1: oh no i'm gonna send you like soap mix oh this and, is great like chamayo red chili i need all and- these things Thank you. Yeah, like some ten thousand waves Hinoki smelling shit. Yeah, yes. no. <laughs> it's be Thank you. So, uh. Oh,
0: we'll, we'll start the. We'll start. Um, before long, um, we'll have our own uh, catalog. People will be <laughs> like, should, "What are these uh, things you're have talking like about?" An
1: Etsy store, or whatever. Or,
0: or yeah. Whatever. We'll, s- uh, <laughs> we'll sell local New Mexico goods from shops that we've gone and purchased ourselves, and that is that. It'll be our gift shop. <laughs> We can give you things that we purchased as gifts for you, but you're still paying. Yeah, but paying you can do it
1: because those places don't know how to ship. Like, exactly. None of them no. Know ten thousand waves? No.
0: No so, way. Like, are they figuring out how to ship anything online?
1: Uh, some of the uh, well, like I think ten thousand waves <laughs> has, oh, okay. but like, but like no, like 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 if you want like real authentic chimayo chili, like yeah. no, you're not gonna get that. Sh- like like they will like you can think you're buying it online. Mm-hmm. No, you're not. You are buying cayenne pepper that they fucking put in a little Ziploc baggie and are telling you it's Chimayo chili, but it is not Chimayo chili. I know that. I know that in my soul.
0: I, I trust your word on that. And I I, um, I need a new Ristra, too. I've been thinking about that. I need one uh, just to remind me of where I come from, as it were. Um.
1: Okay, I'm going to add you to the top of my Ristra list. Are you ready for this one? This is the most reality issues thing a reality issues Please. intersecting with New Mexico thing I've oh, I ever love said. This. Perfect. I make Chile ristras out of felt, out of fabric. Whoa. Okay. Because real Chile ristras, yes. When you put them out on your like like landing or whatever, like they, they will eventually begin to just dis- yeah they can mold. They can actually also start to like fall apart. And then you have like chili seed pods everywhere. Like my garage. So then it's <laughs> Yeah. Or so I, I saw yeah. the Chile Ristra and said, How do I turn that into a fake Christmas tree? I love this. And so that is exactly what I did. I'm gonna um, I'm gonna find
0: Oh, this is I love I'm this. I'm gonna
1: retweet here in just a moment. Um, probably a, a picture of my Chile Ristra. Oh, I love this. Because this is a thing that I make for my friends. Um, Am I your friend, year. Kathy? That makes me feel very. Oh my nice. god! No! Oh my god! Are you ready? Like you have, you have no idea. You're gonna see my project runway ass thread here. Okay. Uh, oh my god! You are so not ready. Well, I have to
0: tape, folks. I'm I'm going online to see what what Kathy is posting.
1: And I am promising you that I'm going to make you one oh, for Christmas. I have plenty of time. I have plenty of time. Thank but you But now so much. I have to do it.
0: This is joyous. This is a joyous occasion. Oh, do you see
1: that? Risa? I do.
0: I've retweeted it's it for our out audience. It's made
1: fabric. It'll never fall I apart love this. on you.
0: This is exactly what I need. And I can put it, um, I can put it in my kitchen without the moisture from my kitchen uh, turning into mold. Yes.
1: See that's right. See that's the thing. See like a ristra can exist forever here in New Mexico, but the right. moment you take it anywhere else, it's not gonna live.
0: It's true. I had I had one for um, three and a half years hanging up in my kitchen. It was perfectly. It, it was it was amazing. It was um, even with a little bit of moisture from you know the pasta water. Nothing. Nothing. Brought it home, put it in my garage, and you know it's relatively dry. It's air conditioned in there. No, it started molding immediately. Had to pull some peppers off there. I mean, it's it's still spiritually it's my ristra from New Mexico that hung for all those years, but um yeah i thank you thank you kathy this is a yeah. lovely interpretation that uh that uh, serves to make me happy thank you
1: i mean i also want you to notice like it's said so like i made it in 2015
0: mm-hmm.
1: december 2015 i had lived here in, in santa fe at that point for like three years. wow and i was like how can i how can i bring together all my skills of a sewing machine and stupidity <laughs> Because <laughs> those were the skills I was bringing to the table. Yeah, And so I made this chili. Re- anyway, yeah. Awesome. No, so, I, I
0: love it. This is great. Fun. Thank you. And um, oh, I love that. See, okay, so. We have crafts in New Mexico. Don't you love that? And this is, uh, you know what he knows a craft for Florida. <laughs> we don't have like a, we have oranges. Someone's like, hey, go eat this thing and then throw it away. That's all we have.
1: Yeah, right, yeah. Because, like, I mean, it can't make it. Like, it'll just, it'll disappear. Um, I love that. Maybe something made out of, uh, are they alligators in your area, or are they crocodiles? Or do you have
0: both? Uh, We do have crocodiles in some parts of the, uh, they're invasive species. They live in the Everglades. But we also have um, alligators, of course, yes. Uh, Crocodiles are usually released. Uh, if they exist okay. out there, they're released. Uh, much like most, honestly, most of the wildlife in Florida um, that you know and love is like <laughs> some kind of from somewhere else kind of stuff. Uh, yeah,
1: palm trees aren't even from the United States. They're like from Spain. Yeah,
0: Florida was they're, covered they're,
1: in. They're not even from Florida. I Florida used I mean. to be
0: a pine forest. Um, I don't know where you can go to see what that still looks like in its natural state. I mean, all the places that still exist are, like, all kind of, you know, half-grown 50-year-old trees. But, I mean, they used to be, like, thick. I mean, uh, where I used to live right now in Cape Coral used to be actually, it was a a tree stand. I mean, people used to come here to, like, cut literally to lump, like, to. There was a lumber facility, like a sawmill, like, down the road from here, like, 100 years ago um wow yeah the origin the reason that the, all this area is clear is because it used to have trees and they took them all uh now we have uh Australian. that's
1: also the story of santa fe though like there used to be trees <laughs> and now there aren't oh
0: really i didn't never consider oh, so you know where the that.
1: audubon center the, the audubon bird center is at the top of canyon road
0: yeah i do
1: so the Audubon Center, its original built purpose was the sawmill that was built in 1848, and that's why we have the Santa Fe reservoir.
0: Wait, so they were cutting they were chopping down all those like the poplar trees, those ones like up on the mountain or like
1: Yeah. And then they they that's how we have the Santa Fe reservoir.
0: No, yeah. shit. Wow. Yeah, it
1: was uh, by, by the by the invading US army into the New Mexico territory. Yeah. Huh. Yeah.
0: Wow. How about that?
1: Yeah, look it up on that map I sent you. Anyway, yeah, okay, will. so.
0: Yes. One day, one day our audience will have access all to the our way cool. Down map.
1: to Roswell. <laughs>
0: yes. So you're making it down to Roswell and you make it down there and uh having
1: a I'm having a great time. Yeah. So the 285 is incredibly desolate. Only thing really is the is Klein's Corners road stop. Otherwise, it's just like, there's really nothing. There's there's like Vaughn, New Mexico in between, which is like unless you live there, like no one knows where Vaughn is. <laughs> um, which, again, I think is unfortunate. I love every single part of New Mexico. Anyway, so I'm driving uh, down there. Okay, I won't interrupt you. <laughs> no, so I'm driving down. No, don't worry, just write it down. It in the notes. Uh, so yeah. I'm driving down there and I see something that I haven't seen very often. So... You may be aware of this famous joke in New Mexico that every car always winds up in the Arroyo.
0: I have heard that. um...
1: So if you don't know the Arroyo in New Mexico, it's like a ditch, but it's not just any ditch, but it's a a ditch.
0: Seasonal ditch?
1: (laughs) Seasonal ditch. And uh, so the Arroyo is there, and your car winds up in the Arroyo because maybe you weren't paying attention to where you were going, doesn't matter so uh maybe your car is just, just broken down which i think is actually the more likely answer here in new mexico it's the one day um, it
0: rains and you get like you know yeah. two yeah, feet of rain fucked. in five seconds yeah yeah
1: you're fucked. so <laughs> uh so as i'm driving down the 285 now Cochiti lake Cochiti mm. lake is off the 25 mm-hmm. nowhere near the 285 if you're on the 285 with a boat and you're on your way to Coachity Lake, you are probably really far from your destination. Okay. And as I am driving down from Santa Fe over to Roswell, what do I see but a boat called, like, the Coachy Queen or something <laughs> like that. I, no, yeah. I don't remember. On, on I, theme, though. I was though. driving, like, 80, so I, don't, I just saw Cochiti something. Uh-huh. And I was like, what did it say? Um, but it was, like, a, a, a small little sailboat. Uh, possibly a little tiny speed fishing boat. It was very small, uh, but it was beautiful. And uh, it it was called like the Coach de Queen. And there it was in the Arroyo by itself on its trailer by the side of the road on the 285. <laughs> and what I need people to understand is there's like two lakes in Santa Fe, uh, mm-hmm. in the Santa Fe area. They're all still pretty far from Santa Fe. They're like at least an hour, hour and a half away. Um, people have boats but because of like climate change and all of the like awful things that are happening like a, a majority of these lakes have been shut down not just because of the pandemic but because there's like weird like red algal blooms so like going yes. fishing and like going swimming in them is actually not safe it's like counter indicated like you shouldn't even be out there really yeah the air um, itself
0: becomes dangerous yeah
1: yeah so you can't even like just go enjoy yourself out like yeah you can't even go look at the lake it's afternoon. dangerous yeah. yeah so if you're in the desert like not being able to go to the lake is like it's it's like tragic
0: yeah I, I remember um even for a little while the rio medio my little hike i used to take the little waterfall there at the end i remember there was like bears on it for a little while and uh they closed it down and I was like my little waterfall in the desert up in the mountains. Like I can't even because because someone once saw a bear there, they closed it for like two months. <laughs> uh, yeah.
1: So the, one of the Santa Fe reality shows I want to pitch is a deadliest catch type of show mm-hmm. at Cochity Lake uh-huh. with these adorable little boats. Yes. And how are people holding up? But I also want it to be like fishing with John Leary. Because you're probably going to go out there and you're going to be like, well, guess we can't be out on the lake today.
0: Yeah, they stock that lake, right? They split like trout or something. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, this is great. So this is this is so we we talked about this in the previous uh, version of this podcast that went to um, our ears only. Um, Mm -hmm. Isn't that a wonderful secret for us? Uh, And let's see. So, All our
1: listeners have FOMO. Yeah,
0: they do. So do I, because now I don't even remember what we talked well, about a little bit. I remember we used the word yachting a couple times. Um, oh, no, we I'm sure th- did.
1: Yeah, that's right. <laughs> we were going
0: yachting. I'm thinking a little bit about, um, let's say, these, so these are one of our concepts, right? And we're sitting out in the boat, and we're out there with our people. So let's say it's a, a six-person kind of like a rowboat. We got our poles out. We got our sunscreen. The lake isn't toxic, Um, we're sitting out there and we're interviewing someone and we're talking, we're just chatting. In fact, we're not even interviewing. Who, who do you want that person to be? Uh, uh, typographically, like who, who is this person? Do you want them to be someone of note, someone local? Obviously we're going to talk to different kinds of people, but who's like the first person kind of person you want to talk to?
1: Okay. So I'll tell you who who the first person I want to talk to is. Mm -hmm. It's, It's someone I do talk to regularly. Okay. Um, you don't so, have to name a name necessarily. Well, I don't, uh, yeah, no, I, I, and I actually don't remember his name. Okay. But he is the owner and proprietor at the Santa Fe Hat Company. And now oh, there yes. are like, there, there are a couple of like highfalutin hat companies downtown. This is where you get like a custom hat. I mean, you're, you're going to be paying like three or four, maybe, you know, at least. As a floor,
0: oh yeah, like the like. The, they are going like to be
1: the... paying good money for a hat, right? Mm-hmm. Like so, there's like the Santa Fe Hat Company, which is like kind of uh, pre hats, right, mm-hmm. off the rack, as it were. Yes. You also have like O'Farrell's Hat Company, which is like made-to-order, custom, bespoke, custom hats. They advertise. Right? They're which...
0: the kind of company that advertises in like the opera program because they're going to spend. Right x dollars and you like don't care $2, how many dollars, dollars on yeah, a hat yeah exactly
1: so but like even the like low-end hat stores in santa fe and on the santa fe plaza you're still you're still spending a few hundred dollars because oh, yeah. you're like it's like a hat it's like yeah. made out of like fine beaver <laughs> lol right <laughs> yeah so
0: or a stetson or something the
1: thing maybe. is is that like all of my friends whenever they visit from out of town or even if they're like in town right they're like well Kathy like you're a dipshit like you know about like fashion and things of that sort and that nature and like they they also know that like I like one of my favorite pastimes um and I you know is simply just walking around yeah I love to walk around and so I'm always like walking around downtown good popping into a place just for, like, a drink Sweet. and then fucking off. And Can't wait to do it. Like, I'm a just, like, window shop. I love to window shop. Sweet. Oh, I love to window shop. I love to pretend to be, like, from somewhere else, too, when oh. I do this. Anyway. Kathy? Story.
0: Kathy. Mm-hmm. You just revealed one of my secret things that I do. That I mm-hmm. pretend to be someone else when I go places.
1: <laughs> no, it works every single time. I love
0: doing it. So. Like, oh, boy.
1: Yes. <laughs> the thing is is that like when you do this enough times like the locals know who you are Mm -hmm. like you say you can't do Mm -hmm. it right like they know you and so the other day a couple weeks ago whatever i went to the santa fe hat company and i was like i'm here with my friend and they're like looking for a hat so like i of course i've brought them here because yeah truly where else am i gonna bring them I'm like if you're looking for like a three hundred dollar beaver cowboy hat like this is where you're gonna come get it like we can go to the boot barn but like you already know we can go to the boot
0: barn I swear to god I was I already had boot barn written down because I wanted to talk about just like if you're gonna (laughs) have a hat if you're gonna have a hat maker then you need to have like the boot guy too (laughs) or the boot lady no
1: I mean and again like yeah you can you can walk into the boot barn you can get yourself a very quality like two hundred. I mean because also let's also just mention the fact that a good a good pair of boots is going to start at, like, $250.
0: Oh, yeah, like in minimum. in this economy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: And same thing with a good hat. Like, if you want, a, like, a good yeah. hat, it's at least $100.
0: Yeah, you're talking at to least. someone who's, like, their profession is, like, putting hats in your head in, like, the way that, like, you know, 100 years yeah. ago someone would have, yeah yeah incredible
1: like i mean like daily hat usage right mm-hmm. like we're not talking like eh, just like bring this out every time i want to be a dipshit like yeah. no like then you can go to the five and dime and get yourself a ten dollar hat you could, right. you could fucking go to party city and get a fake cowboy hat like no one cares but yeah. like if you're like a real cowboy
0: yeah these like are for real... hats for people who wear hats and for people who like have people around them who know hats
1: right yeah. yes yes so go to the hat store That is the guy that I want. So, like, the last time that I went to the hat store, so I wear a variety of distinctive caps, hats, myself. I'm a hat person. I like hats. Cool. And I walked in, and he recognized me, not by me. He recognized me because of the hat I was wearing.
0: Oh, really?
1: Yeah. And so he looked at me, and, like, I was just, like, kind of loitering because it was my friend who was looking at the hats, and, uh, you know, they're like, meh hats Or whatever, try yeah. this one on And I'm just, like, standing around, like, on my phone Going, like, eh, well, blah, it's a beautiful day here in Santa Fe I'm out of downtown, you know, I'm just, like, I'm tweeting about my experience, right? Yeah um, And the hat proprietor, like, he strikes up a conversation with me And he goes, I know you He's like, I've met you before, haven't I? And I'm like, well, I, I come in here all the time I'm like, first of all, I love your hats Like, I'm a hat person and I always bring my friends to you. And so then he's like, yeah, you do. I know you do. <laughs> he's like, I recognize <laughs> you as your own stupid
0: That's amazing. Hat. Yeah.
1: So I want him on our podcast okay. because I feel like he um, he would have a good point of view of, like, I feel like he would be at the intersection of, like, locals who require mm-hmm. good hats. And also the, like, vacation dipshit who's here to just blow, like, $400 on a hat. Yes. Because they want, like, a nice souvenir.
0: And through talking you know? to them. But
1: not because they actually want a hat, you know? Like, like okay. very critical And if we go
0: into the man's store and we can talk to him, then we're going to talk to a lot of those people, which is... Exactly. So, good. I love that. I love that a lot. I also think um, I would love to talk to Duke, the guy who owns Ten Thousand Waves. I met him a couple times. He's a fucking wild, dude, and his wife is too. Um, and I would like to talk to, and I know he would talk to me. Also, I, I think Chef Kiko would probably talk to me too, the guy at, uh, there at uh, Izanami. Um, okay, yeah, he, yeah, yeah, yeah. He, we're on a. He knows me. Um, uh, that I always, I always told him one day I would come back and, and interview him. So. so Maybe he's expecting it one day in the back of his mind.
1: Oh, my God. And then we can just get, like, like a couple of rooms in the, like, moon yeah. units or whatever.
0: Exactly. Yes. Oh, yeah. Oh, I'm thinking I the, hard.
1: I want the sunset cabana.
0: Do you know what I really want? <laughs> exactly. You know what I really want? I want to go to... I want to sit in... Oh, do you know what we should do? We. you know what we do? What we do is we just get the fucking... We... Uh, we did... What's the one? There's the... The private, the first, the number one private bath. It's the
1: uh, I don't remember Ichibon. Their names. They anyway, all have yeah, but you names. know the yeah. main
0: one, like right when you walk in, the one that goes up the little stairs, and it's a private spot. Anyway, I've been in that one like a million times. That used to be the place I used to go to. But that would be the perfect place for an interview. Honestly, like in the little private room, like back there. Ah, <sighs> oh. see. When you listen to us uh, in the time period where we normally would be off podcast discussing the podcast, we come up with ideas yeah, on the right? podcast, and now yeah. you, the listener, get to enjoy our strategy session, and you get to be can on.
1: Callum, brb again.
0: Yes, absolutely. I will sit right here, and uh, I'll read a little bit to the viewer. Uh, let me pick up from part two. of this lovely article about smoking toad. Araceli Ramirez Hidalgo, a housewife from Leon, was susceptible to losing money in pyramid schemes. That was the point of view of her husband, Jorge Villa, Villa Piando Model, who saw his duty to protect her. One time, he said, his wife got caught up selling dietary supplements. On another occasion, it was skincare products. They abuse people, he said, of the companies, but they also offer a sense of purpose and relief. The company... <laughs> The couple had been married for two decades, when in 2015, Ramirez's mother died, and Ramirez fell into prolonged depression. She returned to Alternative Healing, signing up for an ayahuasca ceremony. Via Pondo was skeptical, but afterwards, Ramirez told him she'd had visions of her mother at the event. An ayahuasca practitioner later told the couple about toad medicine. Quote, you have okay, just... What's
1: this about toad medicine?
0: Yes, I'm just reading part two of an article I was reading on my podcast about toad medicine. to fill fill the time for the audience. You have just one puff. You're going to experience 10 years of therapy. Via Pando recalled him saying, when Ramirez heard that Octavio would be in town, she was eager to attend the session. She reserved a spot promising Via Pando that this would be her last experiment with psychedelics. On October 5th, 2018, Ramirez went early to the venue, a remote property on the outskirts of the city. She was uh, with friends and was friends with some of the organizers and planned to spend the day there. Viapondo would join them after work, and Octavio would serve Toad in the evening. Octavio, for those uh, not li- uh, who aren't aware, is a world-famous Toad 5-MeO um, DMT server. He collects it and serves it kind of for free and for money for friends and parties, etc. But around noon, Viapondo got a call. Ramirez had stopped breathing. Eyewitness accounts gathered... By justice officials, describe how the session unfolded. Ramirez inhaled toad from a pipe, and Octavio splashed water in her face, dosed her with rape, which is a. Uh Tobacco snuff, you inhale through the nose. Soon, she started convulsing. When she stopped breathing, Octavio began CPR. As Ramirez turned purple, Octavio grew frantic. Two participants heard him yell, she died. Octavio denies this. According to a deposition from Ramirez's oldest son, she was still alive when she reached the hospital, but she died soon afterward. The official cause of death was an anaphylactic reaction to an unknown substance. And this is a a documentation of, uh, it's in the New Yorker, I think, right? Yeah, New Yorker from a couple of weeks ago. Anyway, it's a, it's a it's an article about the origins of toad medicine in the United States and where it comes from and how it kind of got here and how its origins are really only like 2015 um, in terms of like mass manufacture and production. Fascinating. I found it super interesting. Um, so where
1: did it start?
0: It started off...
1: Start licking toads.
0: It started off in a completely different place. So basically... Um, it, we were licking toads for a long time, perhaps even thousands of years, but it turns out that the um, scenario may have actually been concocted. The idea of toad medicine being ancient medicine may have actually just been concocted by modern shamans, shaman type people trying to pretend as if it was ancient medicine. Um, there is some evidence of, um, according to Michael Pollan, you know, food science history guy. He said that um, there have been artifacts found uh, as far as 2,000 years old with pictures of frogs on them, but literally that's the extent of it, and the picture of a frog does not make toad venom. Um, so, But there's no actual chemical evidence of toad venom being used in ancient practices at all, um, hmm. which is fascinating. Um, and that's kind of what the article is about, uh, how one man's journey into uh, using it and selling it and making it famous and turning that into his life's journey actually created the myth of how toad venom has been a long used uh, thing. And apparently it gave that lady an anaphylactic reaction, which is uh, not unusual because it is poisonous until you actually hit heat to it and vaporize it. So let's say you vaporize a little bit of it without like completing the chemical reaction. It could actually poison you. Um, So that's why you use a torch lighter when you smoke it, according to the article. Uh. Huh. Yeah, learn some fun facts. It's like a okay. So here's a, yeah, here's a sorry. random,
1: like frog fact. Frog I just have one, and it's Santa Fe related, so I will share it with you. Mm-hmm. I, it doesn't really have anything to do with this story exactly, but um, uh, when I was in uh, when I was in college here at uh, at the ridiculous school, um, I was involved. in the... <laughs> sorry, it took me a minute uh, to
0: recognize what you're. T- yes, thank you.
1: Yes. um I, I was involved in the laboratories uh oh, okay i, I so, won't ask uh, you about that <laughs> I, I i mean no so so the school has like a variety of like i'll say like like uh, uh themes of study there's like the math department the lab department the music department oh. the languages department okay. the philosophy department we don't really call them that we do we you know they're 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 just the liberal sciences the liberal arts you know um again because it's the ridiculous school um but um but i excelled at the laboratory sciences um so i was in charge of the laboratories i had keys to the laboratory things of that nature um yeah no it's like and so like for like work study instead of being like an adjunct or whatever like instead what you were was like you would be like a, a math assistant or a lab assistant or a greek assistant a music assistant right so like you were like the you know, doing a bunch of shit and prep with all the other students on behalf of the professor. Again, we didn't call them professors. I'm just using normal human language.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Um, Anyway, all that is a way of saying I was in the laboratories and there was somebody who like uh, came to the school and was like, "I'm looking for someone who's like like proficient in like like laboratory technologies, because like, I mean the, there were a few different things like I handled like radioactive materials and things like that, um, nothing dangerous like 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 lanol level, but or technically like that.
0: dangerous. Yeah,
1: but but yeah, technically dangerous. Like where yeah, you can't just have any idiot doing things, right? Um, so there was this one local resident who um he was a medical doctor and what he did was he researched poison dart frogs from central america and he had this like closet of a greenhouse in his home and i only now realize like exactly how extravagant this was so he had this like room maybe that was like maybe maybe like 10 by 10 okay. it was pretty fucking big okay. i mean really and it was kept at a temperature of like 94 all the time or more even like it, it was like a tropical conditions it was kept at high heat high humidity interesting and in it were like a variety of central american plants wow. and and flora and fauna at, at like there were like you know garden garden shelves and things of that sort and um whenever he left town on research he wanted someone who could come into his home and basically watch the chameleons and like the lizards and like all these things that lived in there but he also had a shitload of these little poison poison dart frogs um but they weren't dangerous because uh Apparently, like, the reason that they're poison dart frogs is because they metabolize uh, their diet, which is an ant. They metabolize it a certain oh, way. But without the ant, and right. Without the ant, they can never metabolize the poison. Um, and then,
0: so no, know, then they're just frogs. Yeah. yeah.
1: And so that, that was the case with these particular frogs. was because they lived in the United States.
0: <laughs> they're just frogs. <laughs>
1: They're just frogs. Well, because they, because he couldn't feed them that ant because like that ant, like you can't just buy it. You can't just find it. Right. Yeah. He'd have to have literally like an ant farm of these ants. Um, And I guess maybe, who knows, maybe that's what he was working on. I, I could never imagine. We never talked about it. Fact, like you know, he only like interviewed me and was like, Are you responsible? Do you know how to use keys? Do you know how to like read a do you know how to like run a greenhouse? Is and essentially the job interview. Right? And then he, and he said, I'm And by like, the way, no. if anyone
0: asks you about the frogs, don't tell them about the frogs.
1: Yeah, d- yeah, don't tell them about it. Yeah, and here I am now telling the entire no, no, read, let I'm sure you know, okay. I mean, yeah. I'm sure he's, no, I mean, he was, like, a distinguished human being, like, I'm sure, like, you know, like, in his home, there were, like, awards and things of that sort, I mean, I'm sure he's, I'm sure this is his life's work, indeed, right, like, publish, literally publish papers on it, and so, like, the only thing I can do is not say his name, right, because there's probably, like, four people in the world, you know, or something, but anyway, like, so what i did was every time that he was gone like every time he left town for more than like a couple of days like he would call me and be like hey uh i don't know if you're in town right now but like are you able to take care of my frogs and most of the time the answer was yes because like it was literally only for things like christmas holidays where there was a risk i wasn't going to be here in santa fe um Uh, so i was like "Yeah, yeah yeah i'll totally come come read for a few hours at your home You know, while I'm in school, because, like, I I mean, I'm basically, like, just at a library. Yeah. This guy's house, you know? Okay. Bringing in his mail and hanging out with his frogs and just being like, yeah, I'm just going to sit here and whatever.
0: Tell tell me about frog care. What is frog care like?
1: Oh, it was so easy. So, like, I mean, so like like everything in the greenhouse itself is like automated, right? It's mm, basically like a sense. sprinkler system. Okay. Right? So like like it just runs, it just does its thing. Um, really the reason I was there was because I needed to feed them, right? Oh, okay. So like I needed to put out grubs. Cool. <laughs> things of that sort. Yeah. Um, and so like the chameleons had their own set of grubs. Um, the frogs had their own little set of, the frogs, the frogs had a kind of ant. Um, but again, like it wasn't the ant they needed to metabolize. They they were getting like, you know, like lizard frog ants, you know, that that you buy out of a catalog. Oh, okay. Pet, Pet store ants is what they were getting essentially, you know, high quality pet ants, but still ants, um. But yeah, like what they need to metabolize that poison is a particular South American ant. And again, you're not going to just fucking get that shit,
0: you know? Yeah. Um, well, uh, and- if I have a poison dart frog hanging out in my house, I'll know who to call up to get some. Food. Oh, yeah.
1: No, I mean, again, the, I mean, so they were tiny. So, like, I mean, it was like sitting in a sauna is how I felt, right? So, like, every time that I went over there, I felt like I was about to go hang out in the sauna for a little while. <laughs> <laughs> and I so I would kind of dress and like I mean, and I knew no one was gonna be home. That was like the whole point of why I was necessary in the first place. Right. Right. So like like I could wear like a like essentially like a bathing suit to go visit the frog. <laughs> yeah, the frog house. You know, and just yeah. be like so it felt like be like it it actually felt like I was being paid to be at Ten Thousand Waves. I felt like I was being paid to be in the sauna. Yes. Um, and here I am. Like it's actually a little bit better because, like, at ten thousand waves, this Japanese spa north of Santa Fe. Uh, for our listeners who may not know, mm-hmm. um, it's just a, it's just like a spa. Like yeah. it just, you know, it's Japanese themed. It has nothing to do with Santa Fe. Whatever. They're trying
0: to be an onsen. They're sort of an onsen, but they're like an American style. A heated onsen instead of like you know natural springs, but it's like you know they're trying to be tradish. They're trying their it's best nice in New Mexico. Though. It's nice. yeah, It's absolutely yeah, it's nice. Pleasant. It's it's wonderful. It's it's uh, totally uh, worth it. If anyone uh, was coming to visit me, I would always bring them there because no one was going to be disappointed, especially in the restaurant.
1: Also, because like even though you can hike to hot springs and things of that sort, mm-hmm. I myself am not that type. Hmm. Like I, I know there's lots of people in Santa Fe who are like, eh, we're gonna hike to the hot springs, and I'm like, Yeah, no, that's nice, I've done it. That's cool, but like, no, I'm not doing that now,
0: like, yeah, a lot of a lot of new dudes also just for the for the record, a lot of new dudes, maybe you're cool with that, maybe you're cool with that. I mean, I mean, I guess I'm I technically like cool dude. with that, but like it, it's yeah. just you know it's what new you're gonna dudes. see at the finish line,
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah so yeah and instead you could just book a private tub and like that's cool and it um, only
0: cost you 79 bucks and they'll make sure there's no cum in it before you get in so yeah
1: mm-hmm. yeah i mean allegedly allegedly i mean there's there's totally i never witnessed come any cum in the tub sure before i
0: got some. in there but i know that there was some in there so um, that's all i'm saying <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: I'll make sure to put some in there. Is yeah. what I'm also saying. Yeah, that was like, also I on my list. I'm not yeah. getting
0: out of there without putting a little in, and I know that's how you I keep mean, the if, soup if going. If
1: Rock of Love has taught me anything, is that you cannot trust a hot tub without cum.
0: There's right a thing. reason that you take a shower before and after you get in those tubs, sure. and, uh, and it's not just because of the smelling, the delicious smelling soaps and shampoos. <laughs>
1: Yeah, although those are, I mean, although those are a draw. on the website right now, like looking, like going, like, yeah, do
0: they have anything for this weekend? If you ever go there, there's a little Santa Fe tip. This, is, this, this runs in with the uh, Real Housewives. If we ever re- really, if we're ever going to capture our housewives and put them on camera for you, we're going to bring them there. We're going to give them the full support. We're going to have them at the hotel. We're going to have them at the spa. Cool. We're going to have them at the restaurant. We're going to have them at, in the tubs, the whole deal. But here's the thing. That place is incredible. Just uh, go oh, no, and try it's so it. So much fun. Try so much just draw the sh- go there extra early just to take your time in the showers, and you'll be like weird, right? But no, when you get in the showers, you'll be like, damn, they have like all the greatest products I've ever experienced. The smells, the sights, the sounds, and you make it a whole day. And um, and uh, get
1: yourself a matcha green tea. Exactly. You know, oh it doesn't. Does, you know, you're literally just grabbing like
0: a bottle out of the fridge. The like, longest you know. sake list. Um, probably anywhere outside of New York or LA, I would say. Um, uh, and if, you know, that's not my game anymore, but I used to be a huge fan. I mean,
1: also the mm. fact that it's like mm. meatless Japanese, that's like also the concept of the restaurant, right? Like yes. there's like no me on the menu.
0: Just all, you know, sushi fish. Again, like, they have ah, for, and yeah. it's only for a select, it's for, if you get the, um, the omakase. It's like two yeah. items, yeah. Yeah. And, and, and love like
1: it. everything else is like vegetables or whatever, or yeah. some shit like
0: that, yeah. right? Yeah, it's, like it's a split, deal? it's a split menu. Yeah, they design basically anything that's like veggies is like vegetarian and vegan, so that half the menu is accessible to anyone. Because I used to be vegan when I started going there. I was actually vegan back in the day. In 2014, I guess was the first yeah, time I went there. Yeah,
1: a real Santa Fe
0: statement. <laughs> <laughs> I used to be vegan when I started going there.
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: exactly. 2014, I was. It's true. I went there. Oh, in the Four Seasons. Well, I went. Okay. When I'll tell you this one story, yes. real quick, oh real quick, God. real quick. When I was four, when I was vegan, I went to the Four Seasons because I was traveling across the country and I didn't know where to stay, and I'd never been to Santa Fe before, and I was like, well, I didn't know anything about the qualities of Santa Fe or what would happen, so I stayed at the I stayed, I stayed the Four Seasons. I was only going to be there for one night, and I thought it would be like a special treat. And then I started talking to the chef there, Chef uh, Cooper. And I fell in love with him and his whole staff and his whole situation there and the fact that I was vegan at the time. And he thought it was some kind of challenge. I also, I was there in the winter months. There was literally no one there. It was just me and the chef. We were kind of just standing around the bartender. It was, like, empty. Uh, it was, like, early January, so after the holiday season. Anyway, I went there. And this guy ended up, like, basically filling his week. Like, I ended up staying there for a whole week and adventuring venturing through Santa Fe. And this is how I found the place. Um, and he just made me a different meal every night a totally different vegan meal different size different starters different everything it was like a seven course meal and all I had to do is I paid him like 50 bucks he like made like a deal with me and every day the deal was that I would write down my comments on the food that he was making because he wanted to expand his vegan portfolio so I basically paid for him with like my commentary and you know the cost for the food basically but it was awesome and every day I would go in there and sit at I would sit at the bar at the Four Seasons there and he would bring me another meal with like he's experimenting in the kitchen and one time he brought me this amazing mushroom rice dish and when i went back there years later he was still working there for a couple months after i moved back to santa fe and uh he made it for me he from memory he remembered exactly the dish that he made for me it was like this mushroom risotto dish it was incredible like this is probably three years later that he did this awesome Love it. and that's the kind
1: of—that's lovely. That's a Santa no, that's Fe the kind of, thing, I think. Yes, I was about to say that is a very Santa Fe thing to have happened.
0: It was a very special moment, and I, I was—I was able to be friends with him for a little while before he left town and um, moved. He went. He worked at. He ended up going to the uh, Four Seasons in Hawaii. So I don't know. if... I'm sure there's a couple of them, but yeah, Chef Cooper out there, people. That chef. He is uh, extremely extremely nice he used to um he used to be the chef for the opera um for a while i believe but yeah
1: yeah so like so um' gonna see if I can find it it's in my bookmarks i I've talked about this um so you and I were talking... I don't know if it was part of what we recorded or not, mm-hmm. but you and I also had a moment where we, like, tangentially just went into storytelling and the concept of storytelling itself. Yes. Um, yes. Like, And we waxed, like, poetic on storytelling for, like, a little bit.
0: Oh, I'm free-flowing yeah, now. I'm ready um, to talk about anything you want to talk about.
1: So this that was that so like you brought up the freight like like you brought up the word storytelling and that was actually the second time today that it has come up um i've been in this um i'm participating in some data nerd study group type of shit okay um and without like talking more about that like suffice it to say um that i have been thinking a lot about stories narratives um uh, lies and statistics. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think in graphs,
0: I think in. Our 80% figure. Graphics. Our listeners missed our 80% figure that we got to joke about in the previous recording. I don't think that was on this one. The 80% of uh, onions come from. Oh, and then the garlic and whatever. We'll talk about that another time. But oh, right, yeah. For no, those unaware, oh God, I don't. Yeah. I, just one piece I need to bring back is that uh, we debated about whether or not 80% of onions actually come from New Mexico, and then we decided it doesn't matter, but at least 20% have to based on the claim. So, yeah, based on storytelling. Like, so,
1: yeah, based on storytelling, like even if it's a tall tale, and we talked about tall tales a little bit again. Yeah. We talked about Big Fish with Albert Finney, the uh, tendency to mythologize yes. our own selves, and
0: why we would perhaps yeah. constantly um, do that.
1: So, um, so, uh, and, I, and I think I've talked about this even on the podcast, but I'm originally from Los Angeles, which of course is a very big town. And um, when I was in Los Angeles, I was just a nobody. I was just one more person on Twitter.
0: Yeah, okay.
1: Um, and I could describe myself, for example, as I did back then, I was a high school math teacher. Oh, wow. um, but I ne—I never, ever, ever talked about where I was. Okay. Because it didn't really matter. That like right. that was enough of the premise, right?
0: Yeah. That, that was
1: enough of the mise en scène. I wonder if I was
0: following that, you. That was though. it. I wonder if I was. I mean, maybe. I mean, I—I
1: was. So I mean, I've—I've I've been in Santa Fe for seven years. So like, and if you followed me before 2015.
0: You were, you were hearing me talk about being a teacher. I know I followed no, you before be. I moved to Santa Fe. Don't okay. ask me how I know that, because I think it's because it's... No, so- we
1: talked about this, because we did, like, a, a, a mention search.
0: That's right. We found out that we actually... Did we ever mention on the podcast, though, that we actually communicated online at least 11 years ago?
1: no we didn't mention that on the podcast I
0: retweeted our original comment at some point we had a conversation and I deleted because I, at 20, for the full transparency in 2016 I deleted all my tweets up to that date or maybe it was like 2015 anyway but so you can only see uh, Kathy's half of the conversation but if you look back there's an 09 tweet between us or 2011 maybe one wow! Of those. Yeah. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. It was like a long, long time ago. Which
0: blew my mind, and I never brought it up to you. I think maybe because it was just on my own when I was looking it up. But yeah, isn't that no, wild? Like... No, no.
1: You and I talked about it like on, in the something. Oh, did we? Or okay, okay. Okay. Yeah. Wild. We didn't talk about it on the podcast, but you and I did. Like, we 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 did have a convo about it. It's so funny. Disclosure uh, to our listeners.
0: To, yeah, yeah to, to think that um, we had communications back then, neither of us knew who we were, and we didn't even, not even remember what we were talking about, but it's funny to think that we were in the same circles, and even this, I've thought about this several times. I lived in Santa Fe from 2014 to twenty, the beginning of 2020, and um, I don't know if I recognize your face, which is extremely surprising to me considering I felt like I knew everyone my age or like in Mm -hmm. within 10 years of my age in town, which we also talked about recently, I guess. Um, Mm -hmm. but like I, I, I know no, that we, we were in the were, same room the, the so many times. The
1: likelihood that we were at a party is incredibly. Oh, high. it's a hundred
0: percent. I know because we, we haven't talked about that yet. We, we haven't talked about like, the people that we know. We probably
1: like shook hands and we're like, I'm really bad with names.
0: Do you know so. anyone from Outdoor Magazine?
1: I don't think so.
0: Okay. Do you know anyone from?
1: No, no. I, I know a lot of. I, I know a lot of the early meow wolf people.
0: Okay, um, then that's probably it, who we it, share in common, and we won't name names because I. Yeah, don't no, know who no wants names. to be associated with that or not, um, or us, or us, yeah. Yeah, or us. <laughs> yeah, right. I will. I also yeah. say I did. Uh, don't uh, meow Wolf did donate fifty thousand dollars to um, my nonprofit comedy festival that I had in the past. Full transparency. Okay. Although I, uh, my, my current opinion of them is that I, I'm, um, I'm not a fan of everything they do. Pretty much. So. <laughs> Uh, I feel like they st- I,
1: I, was, I, I went to go see Spiritualized uh, there a couple weeks ago and was actually very torn
0: because
1: I, uh, I, I feel like all, all of my uh, I feel like there's great uh, maybe if I can call it the great schism Right, uh, like just yeah. like in the Catholic like Church mm-hmm. or something, but the, there's up. like a beef. Th- there's like a definite like point in time in Meow Wolf's chronology yep. up to now. Exactly of like the before times and then the after times. There is and when there I was, went like, to visit. Great, yeah, the great firing yeah. is is uh-huh. what I refer to mm-hmm. it as when they tried to um, unionize for our listeners
0: mm-hmm. at home. Mm-hmm. Which they and eventually the, did form a union, but it was uh, astroturf as fuck. Um, as far as I remember, those people, the people that I knew who were, can you see me right now? Can you hear me? I'm standing up because I feel animated. I can
1: hear this. you, but you are currently on your okay. um, Zoom profile picture. Hold on. So L- I can't sec. see you okay. exactly. Hold on. But that's okay. I'm getting uh, you back. Uh, we, uh, we, uh, also am going to, listeners at home.
0: I'm going to walk over.
1: back and forth a lot because like, sometimes that just
0: happens. Yes. Hold on. Let me go off the text here back to you. 'Cause I want to see you for a second. I want you to see me. Okay. So I'm gonna pick you up. Actually, no, you're gonna stay here. I have my microphone. I'm gonna take my headphones off so I can't hear you, but I'm gonna um, walk in, over in, in the work
1: I do we call it zoom fatigue. Here like people are like zoom fatigued and because they can't like always have fun. See, like I have like yeah. a silly background on right now and stuff, but like you can't always do that in a work environment. Which sucks because like then yeah, then you get Zoom fatigue and so then you're just like, I'm just gonna like go off cam. And then you just see someone's name, and then that, like, sucks, right? I, like, yeah, no, like, you kind of kind of want a simulacrum of real life. Uh, again, to the point of reality.
0: <laughs> I'm going to write the words Meow Wolf down in this mirror behind me so that I don't forget it. And we're going to talk about it. Okay. Not right now, but we will talk about it at some point. Between me and Kathy, I'm pretty sure we could take that organization down. We're not going to, but we could. No. Um, no. And, uh, redacted parody. Redacted parody. But I know enough, and um, she, she knows enough that one day night we of meow wolf. So was uh, well, my money was my girlfriend was at the time. The gala, the opening gala with George R. R. Martin. Yeah, I was at the opening yeah. gala. Yeah, well, so we could have we could have been in the that. same room. I could tell you a story. I'll will tell everyone a little story. I would have been there, uh, but before I moved to Santa Fe, I had some things to take care of, and I was here in Fort Myers. I still have my lifetime pass by the way, which I will...
1: Oh my gosh, really?
0: hmm I have the card and the whole light-up little box and all that stuff, um, but it makes me want to... It makes me angry just thinking about it. <laughs> okay, so be... So, we'll cover uh, this at a different...
1: <laughs> their their carpet before it was like the trot upon mess it is right now, which mm-hmm. is when I last saw it. Like of course used to be very vibrant, very bright. Yeah. Still is, really. Yeah. But you know, they would give you those glasses to like the holographic effect of the carpet was like really cool. Yeah. And they would give you the glasses for that.
0: Now they charge and for um it. Yeah. I had a
1: I had a pair of the glasses when they were just the white Brandless glasses before they gave you the Meow Wolf branded ones. I have no idea where the white unbranded ones ran off to now. I have. Um, I miss them dearly because, like, I wish I still had them.
0: Yeah, we had. had We used them as a venue. I remember we had Fortune Femster there, and um, we used them as a venue. And they were really the people who worked there were extremely nice. The people who we worked with were extremely nice. The people who ran it who were in charge of giving us the money was a situation. Um, they were... They were yeah, uh, parody redacted. Parody redacted, and that's where I'll stop saying things. Yep. Uh, but one day we'll talk about Meow uh, Wolf. Kathy and I can have a conversation in private, and then we'll determine what yeah, we want office, to say yeah, it, in we'll, public. We'll go into executive mm-hmm. session. hmm we'll, we'll have office hours at some point. <laughs> Hold on, Kathy, real quick. I'll be right back. hmm <laughs> <laughs>
1: okay, so the other person I think who needs to be a guest on our podcast yes. uh, is, is, is Germ, uh, one George R. R. Martin. We can get him. Uh, I'll bet you we could. No, He's I mean I really. the train Carlos. Shit.
0: The way to get him is to Carlos. Uh, Carlos uh, Medina. Uh, okay. my pal who worked on the comedy festival with me he's like he knows George he he's um, he's the head of do you know uh, so Carlos Medina I, I want to talk about him because I think he's a lovely man and he 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 made me feel like I could make a comedy festival in Santa Fe okay he runs a uh, monthly comedy venue at the John Cocteau or used to okay he he does when he does it he calls it the Juan Cocteau Um. he he's a really famous native uh like native uh, to new mexico uh comedian and he is he does it like a burkeño character basically and it's like unbelievable Uh, anyway he is a very connected man and he used to work at meow wolf and he uh runs the all the comedy offerings at the jean cocteau and um i bet you if i talk to him i I bet you we could work it out somehow one day
1: okay i and i promise uh that i will not ask him about the books like i actually really like i've never read a single like i don't i don't know anything about him except for the fact that he like funded all of this local shit yeah
0: for example, like I know he wrote for all our these listeners. books,
1: and then Game of Thrones, and like yeah, all that shit. Meow but, like, Wolf, I, I like I personally don't give a shit.
0: Yeah, yeah. Meow Wolf so, wouldn't so. exist without him. Um, yeah, all that stuff, you know. The Jean, obviously, Jean Cocteau yeah.
1: is to George R. Martin what the New Beverly is to Quentin Tarantino. Yeah, right. Yeah, it's like, a personal project. Yeah. Yeah, um, and I'm grateful for it though because like I like like the Jean Cocteau like was there when I was at St. John's. Um, Like as a theater, you know, like pre George R. R. Martin, like when it was like like struggling to exist, because like I think like that's why he got involved. I think if I recall correctly, right? It was like it it was closing down. Legs, yeah, it was like on its last legs. Same
0: thing with the bowling alley. The reason that he bought the bowling alley was to preserve it as a bowling alley. I don't believe it was originally Mm -hmm. to make Meow Wolf. I think it was because he was like, oh, there's no more bowling alleys in Santa Fe, which, as far as I know, I think there. Well, now there is. is. yeah,
1: now now we have a cute little
0: bougie thing up at the mall. Oh, it's one of those. Yeah. Okay.
1: Well, yeah, it's fine. It's fine. Whatever. Yeah, it's it whatever. sucks.
0: We have to let but, ourselves enjoy things sometimes.
1: <laughs> I mean, it sucks cuz it's not like a real like it's not like a bowling alley, you know. It's not yeah. like a Lebowski bowling alley
0: um that's which is what it used to be which is that awesome like bowling pin which is why if anyone's ever been to meow Wolf, that's why they have a bowling pin as their logo for that place is because it actually did used to be a bowling alley and that's the same sign with just a new like thing inserted in it um let me let me know
1: th- but when i was like at st john's i saw um there are two things i remember about the jean cocteau which are that i saw um uh, Requiem for a Dream when it came out. Okay. Which was like fucking mind-blowing to see in a theater. It was like it was like I feel the same way about seeing Requiem for a Dream the way I felt about um Gaspar Noe's Enter the Void when I saw that in the theater. Like
0: wow. Okay.
1: Crazy. Um
0: Okay. I'm making so a that, list of and, uh, films that Brian shamefully hasn't seen.
1: It's okay. No, it's fine. Okay. Like I'm a film dipshit too. Um and then uh they also did a screening of uh, Christoph Kachelowski's decalogue over like Thanksgiving. And like I was like never close with my family, so like I never went home for holidays. I was like, no, I'm just gonna be like here like, Kathy. Just-
0: how many Christmases did we spend in Santa Fe? <laughs> alone a
1: lot oh my god no i mean I, again i wasn't alone i was i at the was theater. <laughs> i was at the theater
0: cool like, i love I was having at the
1: theater alone but because there were other people there technically i was not alone <laughs> you know
0: what's really fun when you move to a new town and everyone has christmas and they're like bye and you're like wait a minute wh- why are you leaving do you <laughs> yeah. love your family no, what I are you like, talking cool, about why do you love MCA? your family for you them alone <laughs> They don't really like you. They just want your yeah. attention. Like, "Link, go away." Come, no, like I think I
1: goodness. think like there was like one year where I saw like that Motown documentary, standing in the shadows of love or whatever. Like there was like a documentary anyway. Yeah. Yeah. No, I I uh, some of my most pleasant memories are over the holidays at a movie theater in Santa Fe alone. Total silence. Just, like, and the
0: streets are completely silent. Joy. There's not a oh. sound. It's, it's amazing. Oh, and if
1: there's snow, like it's even quieter oh God, and even emptier. No, oh.
0: Yeah. oh my God. It's snow. Uh, seriously, if you go in like right after a, a newly fallen snow, just go like walk um where I used to live near like Marcy and Grant's, so that little like area. It's because of the way that the snow sits on everything. It is like sound deadening completely. Mm-hmm. There is like zero sound because of the walls and everything. Mm-hmm. It is like unbelievable. I used to sit out there and just take in the lack of sound because it was so like entrancing it's like totally wild love that what was i going to bring up though about that was actually on topic um uh
1: something about george r martin yeah george r, r. martin something so about the jean cocteau
0: yeah so george, uh,
1: your friend carlos medina this is how we
0: got Ah, uh, yes carlos medina so carlos is a, is a man that we could definitely talk to about um getting george on there i know that they're like one-on-one um and that okay. he's involved in like his group of people that kind of manage what he does day-to-day so uh yeah I'll find out. That's all I got. We
1: just want to talk about reality.
0: Yes. That's it. Oh, I do want to mention one one thing briefly, uh, reality-wise, since we're on the show. And I love this this episode. This has been great. You've been getting to know your guests very well, E-Network. <laughs> um, uh, I've been watching a lot of The Kardashians recently. And I started uh, in a spot. I think it was. Uh, I think I mentioned it before on the show. I think it was Season 9, Episode 9. Season 9, Episode 9 of the show starts in a place where we're starting to see everything kind of fall apart with the family, which I did describe before. But what we're really seeing here also is we're seeing the breakdown of Scott and Courtney's marriage. Now, this is Scott Disick. He is the father of uh, her first three children. And in this time moment in time, we're looking at Scott accusing his wife, Courtney of, uh, essentially roping him in to children because he very rarely, this is a couple where they basically a couple, only a name. They live in a big fancy house together, but they're essentially a couple because they have kids together and they take care of these kids together. They no longer really have like an intimate romance kind of relationship. They're like co-parenting essentially. But every once in a while, as they, they stayed on the program, they will once in a blue moon, as he says, uh, end up within an intimate encounter. And every, the last two times in the last, like, four years, they've been, like, in this weird state, they've ended up with children. And Scott uh, directs this ire specifically to Courtney and says, like, well, you know, you're doing this to me on purpose, etc. Which I find in my mind to probably be not an uncommon thing that someone would say. But analyzing it through this lens of reality television, uh, it this conflict unfurls from season 9 into the uh the Hamptons season of the show which is extremely fascinating um they've done other episodes other series in New York, Miami, obviously LA is where most of the show is um and they visited other places around the globe But leading up to this moment in time, this is really where the family is falling apart. So this is where like, this is the halfway point of the show. You had the Kardashian family up to this point and now you have the Kardashian family after this point. And the show is almost, it almost serves like a different purpose, almost like a different audience. Because really what you're seeing here is you're seeing Kanye be in a lot of scenes. You're seeing like the top of his head or like the back of his head. And you're seeing them basically concealed because they can't do what they used to do In the beginning of the show anymore, they can't have all the girls together walk into a place because it turns into a madhouse. Anything they walk into turns into a madhouse. So even when they are like in a restaurant, they're like there before hours or after hours, and it's like really a weird atmosphere. They can't be in the public anymore. And the only person who can is Scott. And Scott, at this time married to Courtney, is taking advantage of his fame and trying to build some fortune. Um, through making appearances in clubs. Now, meanwhile, of course, he has three kids at home in the Hamptons that he's not taking care of, and he is repeatedly going out and getting like wasted, and you may say, typical reality story. This is a typical reality cast story. You have people interacting inappropriately, they have children at home, etc. But the thing that I think that makes this uh, really interesting to me, um, the thing that makes it more than just another thing that happens on the Kardashians, is that um, the he, uh, by the episode that I'm in, ends up in, like, the hospital for, like, taking a bunch of pills and drinking and stuff like that because he, as he would say himself, is self-medicating from the stress of being in a relationship. But I think what he's really doing is break, taking a break from the stress of being a reality star that, who, when he started, was famous zero. He had zero profile before the show. He was just a guy who was um, married to Kourtney Kardashian. And from day one to then. You can see a completely different person. Scott was a fun-loving person who loved being with Courtney. They both loved going out to clubs and doing things together. They had this kind of like um, adult working relationship where they could—they were friends and they were very friendly. They would do things together. They had like goals together in mind. And now um, they're in a place where they have their own separate goals, which seeing them as very loving and um, together at the beginning versus now... I think it's a very good example of what a reality show can do to its cast. Um, these were people who were not, in my eyes, necessarily on the rocks until the show started, um, just based on the sh- way they talk about the past versus the present. Um, I don't know. It makes me think about the housewives. It makes me think about all the people who entered their lives prematurely after being on like the real world for a season or something like that. It makes me think about... Um, you know, the negative things that happen to the people that we quote unquote don't care about because they're in this upper class, this reality class, this observation class. where are like we're watching these things happen, but we, like we shouldn't feel bad about it. I mean, it talks um, the book, the the one book, uh, True Story, talks about this in the reverse a lot. It talks about the observation of like Honey Boo Boo, us tuning in to them as like some kind of almost exploitative pornography of like lower class people in that the show is edited to exploit them and view them that way, show them farting and burping and all that stuff. Like a bunch of idiots as the show is trying to have us look at them like, or at least that's the, the humor to be the entertainment to be derived is from that source, which is looking at them in a poor light. I think.
1: Well, that like that, like honey boo boo shit to me, Sorry, that honey boo boo shit to me always seemed like the beginning of the slippery slope into the running man. Yes. Like, like to kind again, to like bring it back to all these 8 million things we're always talking about. Like, the, the disdain we're supposed to have for people, right, which is like what the soup Yes. Right. Like, like it's like kind of we're there's like something to, counterintuitive to it because like we're also supposed to love these characters. Right.
0: We're supposed to feel bad for Scott because his relationship isn't going good, but we're also supposed to laugh at him when he gets drunk and like you know pisses himself or something like that. Like, mm-hmm. I that isn't the same character. You in a nor, in a book right. in a book, mm-hmm. it would be very difficult to write that same that character as the same person unless there was some major transformation changes in the length of a book. Uh, you don't get to observe people like the way that we observe humans in a reality show either.
1: Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I feel like, so like, uh, I'm someone who describes myself as a people watcher. Mm-hmm. Like again, like weird. I was just making this joke about like, well, I wasn't really alone. Cause I was in a room with a bunch of strangers right like uh, but that's because i was also people watching like even if i'm there by myself i'm still like who are those people like what are they doing here like i'm behind my sunglasses or i'm like sipping a beer and i'm like reading this book in the bar yeah and i am reading the book in the bar like you know but i was i am also taking a time to like read like a couple paragraphs and then like scanning the room like who else is in mine my 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 trick
0: was looking at twitter and and uh every once in a while I would have like not a book but I would bring like a magazine or something but and then I would listen to what people said yeah you know? and then they knew I was l- listening to them over time and then they would that would change what they said which was
1: well because because that's a, there's also, again this is also the moment you become a regular mm-hmm. how often can you go to that bar before you are spotted as someone who belongs there for me um, a, a
0: draft station it took about three months and then I was painted to the walls for about two years
1: um so like uh over the weekend um i went to a small town in new mexico mm-hmm. and um there was this like there's a it's a very small town called lincoln
0: mm-hmm. i know lincoln county and- that's the place where all the mushrooms can grow illegally and the weed comes from and stuff like that i'm familiar I was actually I actually wrote Lincoln down earlier because I wanted to talk to you about it in our previous incarnation of the podcast.
1: No, really.
0: Yeah, because I was going to talk to you about toads. Oh. When the toads came up, um, or yeah, when the toads came up, I was going to talk to you about Lincoln because I grew mushrooms too. Which, by the way, I can say legally. Hello, uh, federal government and the state of New Mexico. It's legal by our Supreme Court to grow mushrooms, and I don't have them anymore. I grew them then. Grew a whole bunch yeah. of them. Documented it on Twitter <laughs> even. Documented it on Twitter. I was that bold, brave. They're still out there, I think.
1: Um, I am sure that if I uh worked in a different place and lived in a different place yeah I know than I do currently then maybe I would be doing the same thing but like I also like don't have the patience to grow anything. I prefer to just like acquire as necessary. Uh, usually by mm-hmm. bartering and usually just by being like just as as being gifted these things. Yes, it I is legal. I feel like I'm very lucky. Yeah, I feel it's that completely I'm very legal. lucky that all my friends are just like Hey, I have something for you. I have some onion marmalade and this like baggie of mushrooms <laughs> and yeah. a loaf of bread. And because like everybody got into bread during the pandemic, oh, yeah. so I remember, like I everyone's like, I like, and then here's some like bread with mushrooms in it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I actually I still kinda want to do the bread thing. I kinda wanna get into the bread thing. I feel like I let that pass me by because I like cooking. Like
1: Baking, I like to believe that I could do that, but like, no, like, I can do a dough, but I can't do a bread. Like, I like there's like a difference. Like, oh, is the it... dough like becomes like empanada. I'm already out of my like, dough. it becomes apparently. like a pastry dough, okay? You know, like, not like a bread dough. Mm. Like, I don't know, I don't know. Like, I feel like if it needs like yeast, I don't understand it. Like,
0: I'm yeah, I, I don't know how to handle yeast, do yeast,
1: flour, water, butter. I got that, <laughs> yeast. No clue, <laughs> no idea.
0: Oh uh, well, we can ask. Anyway, we can so, ask uh, Chef so, Kiko. Anyway, continue, please.
1: So so I was at Lincoln, and uh, and 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 we arrive in Lincoln, and I was like, you know, I think the thing I love about New Mexico is that there is a part like like I I do understand why Alex Baldwin was probably like firing guns when he shouldn't be, right? Because, like, there is a part of you, when you're in New Mexico, that you do feel like you're in the Old West. You do. There's a part that, like, there's, like, this, um. Disco- there's a disconnection from reality when you're here, where you do, I think, kind of get mesmerized, enchanted. Even. Yeah, I was
0: literally just about to say it, the land of enchantment. Yeah.
1: And, um, and, and, and there I was with my, uh, with, with my, uh, with my person, mm-hmm. and. I was like, you know, I feel like I'm the kind of person where no matter what, like everywhere I walk in, like I'm going to cause a scene. I'm the kind of person who causes a scene. And and he feels similarly about himself that he is also a scene causer. Okay. And I was like, well, we're about to walk into a bar in Lincoln, New Mexico. I'm like, I'll bet we'll cause a scene. Oh, yeah. And when we walked in, like the bartender, um, who's this very cute young lady, and um there were these like uh two old timers who were sitting at the bar and they were they were lincoln locals
0: oh really okay
1: <laughs> and so we walked in and we we're clearly not locals yeah. right like they would know mm-hmm. and um you know but they're like oh where are you from but we're able to say that we're from new mexico which is still kind of you know we're not like well, we're from texas <laughs> or something yeah um so I don't know so like uh, but it did feel like there was this moment where I was like I'm in an episode of Deadwood like I'm but I'm not in an episode of Deadwood like I'm at Universal Studios pretending to be in an episode of Deadwood
0: yes okay I understand what you're saying that's what it felt like
1: and it was great we had a great time oh good oh I didn't know which no, direction I mean, you are going great, with that I mean I, I'm okay. not talking shit like okay, it was cool. Sweet. But there was a part of it that still felt like, I don't know, like like just not real.
0: Yeah, um, it's the big sky and the mountains and everything. It's like no matter where you look, you really do feel like you're in a movie, like we just said earlier, because it had, looks like many movies you've seen. <laughs> it's a, the yeah, very it felt like somebody location.
1: said action and I started walking in.
0: Yeah, Christian Bale's ready to walk up behind you and pretend to be a cowboy or something
1: someone with like a long leather duster you know
0: did they shoot that uh 310 to yuma was that in a santa fe special do you know that one um
1: i do know that one but i don't know if they did that one here and but again maybe they did you know because where else would they have done it
0: yeah Hold on. <laughs> the cool you know
1: look up the <laughs> gonna look up the new mexico film office that'll tell us yeah I, I also feel like the film New Mexico uh, website to me is always like Flim Springfield.
0: Oh, <laughs> like a little low rent, you mean?
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I ain't talking shit. I love it. I mean, I hope, <laughs> I hope all of these productions continue. To, I remember they used uh, to. Make IATSE more radical. I want, I,
0: want. I, want, I want to be a member of IATSE. I want to, um, well, the local 500, isn't that the 500? Isn't yeah. yeah.
1: You know what I've always wanted to be is I've always wanted to be a location scout.
0: Yes. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Uh, so, so, so when I was going to the community college there, uh, shout out to my boy TJ. He will listen to this one day. I know. Uh, he was he was my mentor essentially. He was like, "I'll be kind to him." He was he was in his early forties, and he he had seen and done and been through everything a grip or someone on a set that was part of a crew probably ever experienced. He had that look about his face. He had that sound about his voice. He had the. Um, he had the kind of eyes that could see that I had gotten really high before I drove to class that day and would, be, would make a joke about it without making me feel bad about it. And, um, and he would tell you everything about it. He, he was the person who made me feel like I could participate in Hollywood. Why, you might ask? Because he made it sound like everyone in Hollywood basically had no idea what the fuck they were doing. And
1: 310 to Yuma did film in New Mexico kay. in 2007.
0: All right. So then when Christian Bale did Revenant or whatever the other one was, then mm-hmm. so then he, that was his second time in New Mexico. Okay. Um, so, and that's when I, that's when I saw him over. Yeah. Um, but what, yeah. So I, I just really feel like the future of New Mexico is film and TV and production like we've been discussing, but um, there's a million more options than what they've uh, encountered so far. You know, uh, reality television is going to be rebated 30, 35, 40%, whatever the going rate is for the, the film rebate. And why wouldn't you want to run a production in Santa Fe? Uh, <laughs> Santa Fe is where all the people, the cast and crew is going to probably live except for Albuquerque for a few of your people. Um, and you have everything. Rio
1: Rancho if they're really unlucky.
0: Yeah. And you even have Santa Fe studios for like a set. If you need like a set for like a reunion show episode or something like that, like Or, I mean, really, there's a million venues you could do for a reunion episode. Um, But Santa Fe is primed for TV production, and realistically, the only things that are coming in there are, like, documentary productions and stuff like that. No one's really doing, like, anything reality. I know because I used to keep track of, like, what productions were moving in town, and it was just, like, movies. It's not, like... If it is a TV series... There's a
1: couple of shows, but not many. Yeah, like, like the Waco mean, Breaking show. Breaking Bad led to Better
0: Call Saul, but and then we have, like,
1: there's, like, what? Roswell.
0: The, the only show, reason I don't probably, mention Breaking Bad thing. and Better Call Saul is because I feel like they're, one, the gold standard of the things that we make, but also, like, mm-hmm. I mean, it goes almost goes without saying. Like, and they're going to do another thing. Did you hear that? They're already talking about another thing that they're going to do. So, like, another movie. Like, one of those in-between... Oh really? Uh, films yeah uh, probably about all I Jonathan know Banks
1: is that, all, all I know is that I really I really want to tell Bob Odenkirk how much I love him so I, I got to do I know that you do, I know you do comedy things so like I, I just want to be able to fangirl over him just once I, I want to tell because you because I feel like so I, what he did yep. to me and my psyche yep. from the Ben Stiller show to today I feel like that's been like i don't know like 25 30 years
0: i i know him
1: impacting my like i know i
0: just when he so when he came and he he did um before season five
1: he's the reason i dropped out of law school and i mean that in the best way
0: he's the reason that i did a comedy festival because i felt like i could have him i didn't get him but I thought that if there was a chance that I could get him, that I should try. And I did try in person. I got him a card. I met him in person after he did a, a before season four or five. I can't remember. I think it was probably five since that was over. Yeah, it was multiple years ago now. Before season five, they did a an event at the... the what's that main big um, uh, venue in Albuquerque? The one that's like super commercial. Uh, where all like the big stand-up comedians come... Uh, oh, uh,
1: do you mean Pope lunchbox? Joy at UNM? No,
0: it's like the lunchbox oh, or the okay. music box or something like. It's like a community Maybe theater, a music but like big. Box? Music box. That's it. Music. So he was I there. Think that's right. He was at the music box, and it was all. It was Ray. It was Ray Seahorn was there. You know, um, uh, you know his other character on the show. Um, all the character, all the main characters from the show came. It was incredible. It was a huge. Uh, it was an event for charity. Um, they had all the local charities up there. They raised a bunch of money for kids. But Bob Odenkirk was up there the whole time giving this amazing performance. It was like off-the-cuff improv comedy and it was like, it, clearly you could tell they put it together about two weeks before it happened. Um, and it was beautiful. And I, I went there and I brought my cards and I was ready for the end of the show and I got there And I was like, you know what? In my life, this has worked before. If you wait out front of the show for way longer than anyone else, eventually they're going to leave through the front door because there's always people waiting at the back door. They just wait long enough and they'll show up. And I did that with Matthew Broderick. Anytime I've ever gone to Broadway, here's a tip. You ever go to Broadway, you want your playbill signed? just wait out front and wait in front of the fancy car that's waiting for the, the cast to show up and drive them away. That's it. You get your autograph. That you way.
1: know that this is how I met Morrissey is because he did a show in Santa Fe. Really, and I was like, "That's never going to happen in Los Angeles." Yeah, like I like because I'm not like a super fan. Like I think like well, i mean, and again this is like in like 2003 terms. You know, he died in like a very unfortunate toilet explosion accident. <laughs> is, um, That's right. How I and any time that someone's been quote unquote canceled, mm-hmm. they haven't been canceled. They died in a toilet explosion in my, in my mythology. I'm going to carry that right? to the like, show
0: mythology. That is the show mythology now.
1: Yeah, they died in a toilet. So, like, you know, there's so many. So, like, Morrissey died in, like, a toilet explosion. It really sucks, you know, but taken too soon. But what can you do? And uh, Stung by wasps. Yeah, basically, basically. But, like, that was just, like, you know, I don't think Chingy did anything, did he? did did he do it no he was just like chosen at random right
0: like am i i think we're having two different jokes at the same time i think we're both trying to (laughs) say different things to each other knowing that while at the same time knowing in our head that the other person knows what we're talking about but we don't
1: (laughs) no but we do
0: but we maybe we do I'm talking about oh, how everyone in the forums that, used to that,
1: that, like I I get the refo is what I'm saying. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> so,
0: okay. I'm, I'm glad that you know that, like, Sung Genie by watched.
1: didn't do okay. anything, right? Okay. Like he was just chosen at random. Whereas like Morrissey like died in a toilet explosion because like he did something. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> and that's what. Thank I'm... you.
0: Okay. <laughs> My brain was thrown for a loop there. I was in my own joke universe there for a second and then I was like, "Oh no, mine's inside someone else's. I don't know what's <laughs> happening."
1: It's okay. it's okay. Something about wasp eggs. I don't fucking remember this shit. I, I was thinking about <laughs> Michael Clark Duncan, Duncan who died, died being... being a toilet explosion. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Rest in peace. But in no,
1: me. that's how that happens. It's because like like so like Albuquerque is like in between like Austin and Los Angeles between, like, Austin and Denver, right? So, like, any band that's on tour, like, they might come to Albuquerque, like, on a Wednesday. Yeah, that's why you, how you know?
0: get Chris Delia. I, I remember uh, I didn't want to go see him, but someone bought me a ticket for the comedy festival because we were doing research, and I thought, maybe. Terrible performer. And now uh, also dead in a toilet explosion. But um, uh, I would say that, can you, do? you know, Santa Fe has those acts. Hey, uh, actually, speaking of... Uh, significant comedy acts that happened in Santa Fe, that's uh, the same thing with Dave Chappelle when he received his whole, like, remember that? Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. That's why he said, for anyone who's wondering, if you go watch Dave Chappelle's first Netflix comedy special, he will tell you why he will never come back to Santa Fe himself.
1: Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: And it Mm -hmm. it makes sense what he says. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. But to be honest, I've I've, I've I've hosted other black comedians in... um, in New Mexico, and they all have that fear. Um, they all, all ask you that question. They will say, hey, you know about what happened to Dave Chappelle? And you'll say to them, yes. And they'll say, so? And then you'll go, yeah, I know. And then they'll go, is it, it, is it cool? And they'll be like, I'm trying. And that's, that's all you can do. <sighs> it's, it's, Santa Fe is a known quantity in that, in that world for that reason. Um, which I wish it wasn't, because that doesn't represent us at all. And that guy was from Albuquerque, for the record.
1: Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> he was not from Santa Fe. He just went to the no, show in Santa Fe.
1: No, I think that's really funny because, one, it's true. And then, uh.
0: And then also, uh, let's toss, uh, I, I let's toss like the if, toilet yeah, explosion back in the you're, toilet anyway. You're from New Mexico and you hear that joke. Like, uh-huh.
1: like you have to understand why that's funny. Yeah, yeah. you have to understand that's uh, a
0: different. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: He created his own scenario, sort of. And then. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So. Uh, I have talked about the Kardashians. We have, uh, we have, uh, we didn't cover, well, I covered earlier the, uh, the, um, the housewives scenario. Um, Right. Yeah. uh, That, that that is the
1: opera is going to be there. Yes. Yes.
0: Um, Yeah. We're going to, I'm going to investigate my opera connections. Anyone out there who knows me from the opera, if you hear this, you can contact me. I mean, we can talk about all those things that we were always going to talk about that we never did about like. You know, the billionaire is doing stuff. Let's talk about that in private. And then, uh, I don't know. We'll see what happens. But all, all I know is at this point that I can say that um, in my heart and in my mind, I'm completely dedicated to creating a reality show based in Santa Fe and uh, mm-hmm. featuring um, the, the highest, um, the people at the top of the food chain. And I know that there are a few people out there that are perfect for it, would understand it, would digest it, and could be exactly what we need. And they already exist. And they already live there. And I've uh, actually, there's this one woman who I met. I will say this, also full transparency. I used to make a bunch of TV commercials in the area. And when one time I made this TV. Oh, really? Yeah, I used to make a bunch of them. Fix My Roof. I'll name some companies. Fix My Roof. I did one for the opera. I did one for the Santa Fe Animal Rescue (laughs) Hospital. Um... A few of them. I almost did one for the the Kia place and the Hyundai place, but then my guy I was working with uh, moved back to Texas. Um, anyway, but I was uh, what was I going to say? Uh, in my travels, I ran into this lady who I think would be perfect for Real Housewives because one, she was a housewife. Two, she was really into the arts community and sponsorships and donations and stuff like that. And she had the cash, so she fit all the all the requirements. And she was also kind of a nobody, as far as I knew. Like I think she had like an acting background, maybe. But she was a very L.A. type, like L.A. living in Santa Fe type. And I don't mean to put you in that that's category, right. but that's the kind of, like, high society lady we're, that we're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she loved me. And if I could ever, like, and I still had video of her, and I would help me, like, figure out who she was and contact her again. Um, and she was more than happy to be in front of a camera. I had to peel myself out of that yeah. house because she wouldn't let me stop filming her. Like, she was, like, so excited to be on a camera for five seconds in a commercial. Um, that okay, I'm, so
1: like for for our listeners, also, I just want to run down a yes. quick list of uh, some of the other housewives I imagined. Yes. Um. So like, uh, like you just described this person. I. Who yeah, she was really into dance. As Like Canyon Road Opera. You no, know, Canyon Road. Wife. It
0: was. She was on Canyon Road. That's literally. Yeah. What she see. Was like. Yep. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Um. And and they're like kind of the same, a little bit different, but like I feel like we could have one or two of them, and that's fine. Yes. Um,
0: A couple that's friends, man.
1: military lab wife. Yes, whom I also 100%. imagine. Yeah, like like military lab wife. Like I picture the dude as being like always in DC, and we never see him. Yes,
0: one hundred percent.
1: Um, I also have um southern New Mexico Democratic Party carpetbagger wife. Yes, this is the like Republican Party person who's. registered as a democrat just to be clear yes um we also have the santa fe institute um a a a future thinking think tank here um which uh i have opinions about but like they're unformed let's discuss them in private because i need
0: to know about what that is and i also know about another place Uh, there's another there is a private lab in santa fe which you probably know about um as well but we don't i don't want to say their name on the podcast yeah uh, no no not right now i don't know. yeah mm-hmm. so but that that would also be a place too that potentially because um, i used I would to say st used...
1: john's college wife too but like they're kind of more boring they're they're like academic and i think they would like just be like debbie downers mm-hmm. and like none of them are like wealthy and like none of them are like hard like like if they were like harvard wives maybe but they're not
0: yeah, we really need um the art the art community types mm-hmm. are the one in my brain. Those people already know each other and are already connected and that's kind of the magic of Housewives is that watching that mm-hmm. from the beginning was that like half the cast already knew each other and half the cast already knew all of the people. But all of the cast already knew someone on the cast, which is yeah, how like a good coup it works. would
1: be like if we could get like um I don't know if Gerald Peters is married
0: oh but the gallery owner get,
1: like yeah but if we could get like gerald peters's wife on the show like that would be like i
0: used to know gallery people yeah hmm.
1: i'm just saying like if we could get that wife yeah like she's like the pinnacle of canyon actually, road actually do you know wives. who do you know who
0: the real do you know the real wife is the ultimate hmm. she um i don't know if she's with husband anymore but um uh, andrea even Mat- better matucci the matucci gallery owner andrea matucci
1: -uh. She is
0: she is a character like you've never seen before. She is um, she is your your day drinking art watching lover of the world, and she would admit to all this. She she loves the Santa Fe art world so much that it's like it is her entire life. So, and she owns the gallery that has like Van Goghs and shit. Mm -hmm. So, I'm looking. I'm looking. It's uh it's right there on Paseo. Mm -hmm. Um yeah. Next to near like the dry cleaner and stuff.
1: <laughs> that's delightful.
0: You used to drive past it every day. So yeah, um, mm-hmm. it's the place that has. If anyone's familiar with the local area, it's the place of the bronze hens, the bronze bear, and the bronze. It's a lot of bronze. It was Santa Fe's last. Santa Fe used to be very famous for bronze foundry, being a bronze foundry in the fifties and sixties, and um, that was the last bronze foundry in Santa Fe, as far as I know, was the location of the Matucci Gallery. And they still have the foundry back there that they make bronzes with. Wow. Mm-hmm. Um, now oh, they make yeah. giant hens mm-hmm. out of them, bears and stuff. Mm-hmm. But yeah, actually,
1: we... right next to the Gerald Peters Gallery, mm-hmm.
0: I, uh, the Opera has their opening um, brunch for the season at the Matucci Gallery or the Gerald Peters Gallery every yeah. every year. And having been there, I can tell you that those people there love to talk. And if you started talking to any of them for any reason, including a reality television show, and you had a little bit the faintest bit of familiarity about saying that. Oh my god, can you and I go with a boom
1: mic? Can you and I go with a boom mic and a camera? And like they don't even have to like know who we are. Like, I'll be happy for you to hold the camera and for me to hold the boom mic. There's nothing I've wanted more
0: in my life than to have you say Will you let me hold your boom mic? And it's true. I really do want that. This is what I want. I want us to be like a documentary <laughs> crew, like an ad hoc <laughs> documentary crew. Like I want us to like walk up to someone and Aral just be Morris like, Errol
1: Morris taught me. That's, yeah. what,
0: that's what I'm saying. <laughs> like I'm, I don't, have, I don't know if you've seen uh, Vernon Florida yet, but uh, for here's a heads up for a little bit of homework for our, our people at home. Watch Vernon Florida <laughs> and I'll chat a little bit next week about Vernon Florida. It's only about 40 minutes long. It's on criterion. And just think about this when you're watching the whole thing, just think about the man sitting in front of the hardware store, right? That man is every person in Florida who lived there in the 50s. Every single person was that person. But that person still exists, that, like, demeanor of person. You just got to find them. If you find that demeanor of person, that's your perfect reality show um, subject, at least for, like, a day. Um, But we can find them. We'll find Mm them. Delightful. Uh, I'm just, like, lost in thought now. Like, uh, I just want to... um... Make up a big list and then start whittling it down. calling some people, actually. <laughs>
1: oh, I have like uh, so much to do. Yeah. yeah. No, I've, I'm still like settling into the apartment. Yeah.
0: My we'll, we'll keep working on this. We'll do some private, no, we'll have some no, private there, there, discussions. No, this
1: is We're in for the long haul. Mm-hmm. Oh, I think.
0: yeah. We're in for the long haul. There is a sure. lot here. Get there a guest a room here. ready because I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to set up a posting center and an editing spot.
1: No, like I'm gonna set up a hammock outside. It's gonna yes. be great. I mean, because it's coming up on the season. It's like hammock season.
0: Oh yeah, this is great. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, we've discussed many. I topics might fight you for episode. the
1: hammock. You
0: know, like. <laughs> that'll be the uh, the editing station, the editing bay. Will be all, someone with <laughs> yeah. someone with a laptop, like trying to edit. I swing back and forth. <laughs> that'll be me. At two hours, it's gonna
1: be great. I'm gonna become the Anna Nicole Smith of recording Anna Nicole Smiths.
0: I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna become. Let's see, what am I? What's my goal? My goal, my. I'm setting an intention. My goal is to become yeah. the Andy Cohen of Santa Fe.
1: Okay. Except, uh,
0: <laughs> except, uh, um, cooler, even cooler, cool. even cooler, <laughs> and the uh, 25 years younger. Um. Yeah, but Andy Cohen, uh, you're not listening to this because I know the Bravo Network is not interested in what we have to offer because you offer different kinds of things, but the e-network is. And so anyone out there, as I close the program at two hours and 12 minutes after we <laughs> absolutely did not even record the first version of the podcast, <laughs> yeah. you know how professional we are, and you know that we're willing to bring that game and just keep listening to the program. One day you will realize we that we have e, what you need.
1: Because, like, I need them to, like, hit record.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Well, I, I, just, I, I can't think about everything else, you know? Like, I just, I, I need to have all of these, like, witticisms, insights. Oh, yeah.
0: We need, we need know, people takes, to, yeah, we need people to carry content. around. Yeah, exactly. We need people to carry around the cameras and the audio equipment for us so that we can talk to yeah. the people. We need to become. Yeah, I
1: mean, I'm happy to do it for now. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm happy to, like, you know, like, oh, yeah. like pay my dues or whatever. Exactly. But, like, you know.
0: Andy Cohen yeah. didn't go out. All I know is Andy Cohen didn't go out to the Housewives show with the camera in his hand. But, uh, but we will. That's right. We are willing right. to put up the work. We are willing to create the concept of the show. And I know how reality television works, and not everyone may know how reality television works out there. But you start a production company. You put together a couple people. You create a product. You create a, a, a product, a little sheet, explanation, who you're going to sell it to, et cetera. You're going to create some concepts, scenarios. You're going to want to have very engaging characters. And right off the bat, you're going to want to edit together something really great that you can show. And you're going to want to have a speech ready for anyone that can encapsulate exactly what your product is and who you're going to sell it to in terms of marketing. That's crucial. You need to have your audience prepared, too. So we can talk about all those things. And I think
1: we're ready. I think Mm -hmm. we're there.
0: I think we are ready because I know who we're going to sell it to. I know who wants to watch it. I know who we're going to who new audiences we're going to introduce it to. It's it's beautiful. All we need is an executive producer (laughs) with about two and a half million dollars. I need cards.
1: I need cards. I I need a business card. We both do. Yeah,
0: we both. We we should make each other's cards.
1: (laughs) Oh my god, that'd be awesome! I
0: can mail yours to you. You can mail mine to (laughs) me. Oh my
1: god, that's brilliant. Okay, let's do that. Okay, put it on the to do list.
0: That'll be the extra uh, layer of reality.
1: Yeah, that's gonna be great. Okay. 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 Well, Fantastic. thank you.
0: Thank you for joining us. This has been a two-hour and 14-minute episode-long, uh, minute-long episode of the show, and I have, have
1: had a blast. I have
0: been Kathy, and this is Brian.
1: Yep, as always. And uh, both of us are each other.
0: <laughs> and uh, and this is Reality Issues, and we will join you again in a, a week or so, hopefully after both. Uh,